Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I'm excited to be here with you guys tonight. I want to... First, I want to answer or address a question I've been getting this week and, and uh, take care of that right away. I've had quite a few of you ask if we would be doing uh, Philip Kent Church's memorial show. For those of you who don't know, we recently lost somebody very, very dear to us. Um, one of our poets, one of our family members, one of my dear, dear friends, uh, Philip Kent Church. We are going to be doing a memorial show for him, but it is not going to be tonight. I am talking with his mother and would like to set something up to where um, it's close to the memorial service that they'll be doing for him. And uh, because I know to her, she wants to be here. Now, this is like a side of him that she never got to see. You know, she didn't know the show. The speakeasy, Philip. So it'll be a chance for us to share that part of his world and what he meant to us, not only with his mother, but with his family as well. So I will keep you posted and let you know well ahead of time. It'll be within the next, definitely within the next two weeks. Um, But I will let you know well in advance. So if you want to jot down some things, so that you remember what you want to say, write a poem for him, you know, be able to think about, you know, if you want to call in and just share some on that show. We're going to be playing some tracks of his. We're going to be playing some best of moments and uh, taking callers. So it's going to be a real special night. All right, so that's done. Now, you know, I have to tell you little things. I was thinking earlier that Life doesn't overwhelm me, it envelopes me. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people go through the world and just get all flustered, you know, and I'm not that type of person at all. Um, I'm the type of person who will drive down the road and when I lived in Wyoming and smell sweet grass blowing through my window on the wind and I'd pull over alongside the prairie coming down from Happy Jack Road and just outside of Cheyenne and I just pull over and get out and sit on the hood of my car and just close my eyes in that hot wind and smell the smell of sweet grass and I'd be late for work and I can't tell you how many times I was late for work doing that but just the sensation that the sensation of the wind touching me of my hair moving of that warm warm sweet grass smell I mean it was just it was intoxicating I can't even tell you it literally stopped me in my tracks when I would smell it. It's one of my favorite things. And so, you know, the world envelopes me. I want you to kind of think about that. I wanted to share that thought with you because I really want you to think about the things in life that envelope you. 
And if they don't, if you don't have those types of things, there isn't something that will stop you in your tracks and make you late for work for. I want you to ask yourself why. And then I want you to start exploring your brain and, and, and thinking and, you know, maybe writing it down in your journal or something like that and kind of figure out what would those things be? You know, what are the things in the world that really speak to you? really connect with you it's important to know those things because those a lot of times are the emotions and everything that you pull on when you write when you when you get going you use those memories of sensation for your senses when you're putting together and writing so I just thought it was it was uh, cool thought the whole reason I started telling you that is because a while back Robbie baby had sent me some sweet grass incense you know and being you know we're at a poetry okay we've got to be a little bohemian right so during every show when I would sit and listen to you guys I would light one of those sweet grass incense and I would sit there and listen to you guys read poetry and have that smell in my head and a lot of times I just close my eyes and get lost in your words it was awesome and it's gone <laughs> I'm out but a girlfriend of mine gave me, Miss Rebecca, gave me a bohemian absinthe candle. I was sitting there right before the show started thinking about, you know, how amazing that smelled and how it just really, I don't know, the ritual of something, I guess, can help make something more meaningful. Like they say when you drink tea, the reason that tea is so relaxing is because the ritual of making it, you can't hurry making tea. You know, the ritual of it is all part of the sensation. Um, so I was, I was thinking about the candle and then the sense of smell and then the world's not overwhelming, but enveloping. And that's where this whole conversation came from. That was the train of thought. Just thought I'd share. <laughs> I want to give you our phone number real quick if you would like to call in and read tonight. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595. 3965 if you'd like to call in tonight. If you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, please shoot me a message. Probably the easiest way would be on Facebook. If you're not on my contacts list, my name is Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you'd like to put together. You can do these anywhere from a half an hour to three hours long. They can be pre-recorded. You can record them on your computer and send me the MP3 file. I can do a pre-recorded show with you where you call in and we record it together. We can do a live show or we can do a combination. You know, maybe play the recorded part first and then when that was over, come on and take live calls and answer questions and things. Whatever you need to do, just let me know and we'll get it, we'll get it done. You do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on. You know, The whole concept is that I don't care where you are in your writing career. I don't care how many times. I don't care if you are the poet laureate. You still have something to learn from that little girl in the first grade writing her first poem. So we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn. And if you think, hey, that would be really fun. I would love to do that. But I have no clue what I would do it on, right? Google it. 
No one says it has to be original. You could sit there and say, I was looking on the internet and I was Googling haiku poetry and I found out that there were six different interests in me. I didn't even know there was more than one, but you know, heaven, but these six, these, I really like these six. So we're going to go through and talk about these tonight. And I got this information off this website, www, this is six haikus I brought to you tonight.com. As long as you credit where you find the idea. Okay. So go find something that interests you. It's not something you have to know how to do necessarily. It's something you could spend the evening learning with us. So it really opens up a huge door of possibilities. I was actually working on one of these with Philip. He had a poetry form that he wanted to do a workshop on and we didn't get it done. But I have parts of it. So I'm going to finish piecing it together and we will be bringing you that one. And it's a really, really, he, he loved dancing with words. And so it'll be nice to, to still be able to bring that to you and share that with you, something that he was passionate about and, and finish his workshop so you guys can hear it. So we do have that one coming up. We have one um, with John Kay's coming up talking about songwriting. We have one that... I'm not sure what he's going to do it on, but it really doesn't matter because Written in Pain is going to do one for us. <laughs> he hasn't quite told me exactly what he's going to do yet. We have a couple of different people who are working on those. So, you know, let's just have some fun together. Let me know what you want to do. You know, we can put these together anytime, not just on a Thursday. All right. Next thing I want to let you know is it's really important that we make sure not to forget our sponsors for this year. The people who contributed monetarily to our 2020 broadcasting license. And you want, I just want to you know, thank you guys. We've been on the air. This is our 14th year. We've been on the air 13 years. So this is, we're in our 14th year of being on the air. And I just, it really means a lot. You know, for a lot of years, I did this all on my own. And then James, one sapien, stepped up and helped me. And then James and Roy and, and, you know, for the last, I can't, I don't know how many years I'd have to look, but, um, We've had people helping to sponsor the license for the show, and it's not cheap, you know, to allow us to be able to come on here and broadcast every week and stuff. We've been doing it for 14 years, so it really is important to me to thank the sponsors who reached in their pocket and helped helped with the license, because I think, first of all, it's amazing what they did, but it's good for you guys to hear every single week, because it reminds you that there's people out there listening to you. People on this list that help sponsor this year, they're listeners. Actually, that's not true. Let me count it again. One, two, three, four, five. Five of them. Five of them have never called into the show. They've only listened to it online. We have something to say. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and so they tune in every week and listen. So want to make sure we thank our sponsors. 2020 broadcasting sponsors for this year are Debbie Kelly, who, by the way, was the founding sister with me on this show. If it wasn't for Debbie, I don't know if I would have ever gotten this show off the ground on my own. She put in so many hours of work with me. You have no idea. I absolutely love that woman. So, yes, first, Debbie Kelly, then Eric Sheldman, Maddie Gullickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Raymond Bentley, 
Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, aka One Sapien, Kennedy Hume. Thank you guys so much from all of us on behalf of the entire community. Thank you for believing in us and and uh, helping us do that. You're awesome. All right, so the next thing, I am going to get into your writing homework and assignments and all of that. Every week at the beginning of the show, if you tune into the first 15 minutes of any of our shows, we give out things. If you're, I mean, if you're sitting there one night and you're thinking, oh, I don't know what to write, just tune in. Listen to the first 15 minutes of the show. We'll send you off and running in some direction or another. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's cool. So I want you to get out some pencil and paper. And it's kind of important to do that because your first one is your journal assignment. And your journal assignment is journal assignment, not type on a keyboard assignment. For your journal assignments, for everything I would prefer, you know, I, I'm one of those, you know, if you give me an inch, I'll take a mile. It's like, okay, do it all this way. But I know that that's not realistic. You know, sometimes I have my own little world I live in. So I know you're going to be doing work on the computer. I'm sure there's a lot of you who use it a lot more than I do. Um, like this little three-year-old girl I was watching the other day. You knew how to do more than I knew how to do. Anyway, for your journal assignments at least, I want you to have a pen in your hand. I want the physical connection. Hear it? Pen in the hand, paper. That's the rustling of paper. I need better sound effects. I want the tangible connection of your hand, the weight of your hand sitting on the paper, the drag of the pen as you scratch, the feel of the fibers of the paper under your hand as your palm moves or the side of your palm moves across it, all right? You think differently. You write slower. You, the, the, your whole brain works differently when you are handwriting something as opposed to typing. And so for at least your journal assignment, I would really, really, really like you to do that in your journal. So it could be a three-ring binder, whatever you want. doesn't matter. Your journal assignment that I gave you at the beginning of the year, and I like to remind you of that because it's important, and your year starts today. If you weren't with us in January, I don't care. Today, hey, yay, happy new year. It starts right now. <laughs> your journal assignment for 365 days is to write a haiku every day. And the reason this is a, not a uh, writing assignment or exercise or prompt is because all of us will tell you, I didn't have time to sit down and write today. I didn't have time to sit down and write today. And and I get it, right? But the is to write something every single day. And we are who we are inside our brains. We walk through our day, and we may be a mail person delivering packages all day long. And we may be a grocery clerk, or we may be a doctor delivering babies. You know, that's what we're doing. But how many times during our days... Does our brain jump over into its creative side and we think something, something, well, something will catch us, catch our glance or we'll smell something. You know, there I go talking about the senses again, but something will grab our attention and we'll think something beautiful. That poet will step out for a moment, you know, and then you have to get busy again and you shove him back down in this dark little corner and say, shh, 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 I'll get to you later. But he had his moment, right? You should always carry a notebook or something with you. So when you get those little moments, when you get those thoughts, when you get those random poetry hiccups, two seconds and write it down. You know, I don't care if it's 12 syllables. I don't care if it's 25 syllables. 
write it down. Because at least you can go back with that little poetry, po- poetic hiccup and turn it into a haiku when you need to. Or you can actually sit down and write the haiku later that night. Or you can sit down and write it when you think it, if it pops in your head. And you know what's really weird? It's like muscle memory. The more haikus you write, the more, the faster you're going to be able to do it. Because your brain's just going to immediately be able to pick up on that rhythm. It's a lot of fun. But write a haiku. Find something, something during your day worth writing. 17 syllables at least worth a hiccup over. At the end of 365 days, you can pick out somewhere between 38 and 60 of those, and you will have a haiku poetry book all ready to put together and publish. It's such a simple thing. Could you hiccup once a day if that meant at the end of the year you'd have a book of published poetry ready to publish? Think about it. All right. So your journal assignment for the week is free writing, of course, because I'm really big on free writing. You have to just dump stuff out of your brain sometimes just to get it out of the way so you can let other stuff in. And sometimes you just have to dump it out because it's, you know, just pounding in there so hard that, you know, the song has to end some point to tell me, you know, I, I just don't know what to write. Well, that's the whole point of free writing. You don't have to know what to write. You write what's ever in your head. So to take that excuse away, what I do is I give you rambling catalysts. So in doing these, this last little bit of period of time, what I have been doing on them is I have been giving you the first line out of some of the greatest books ever written, greatest novels ever written. And what I want you to do is, let me give you the sentence first, okay? The sentence, opening sentence is, a screaming crumbs, comes across the sky. The sky. I want you to write that at the top of your page and then just keep going. Write for at least 10 minutes. Anything that comes to mind, follow that thought through to the next thought to the next thought. And I don't care if by the end of it you are on Coney Island eating hot dogs. I don't care where you go. The destination is not important. It's the fantabulism you're going to find between point A and point B, that's the point. And it keeps you in the habit. I mean, it's called a writer's discipline. So I really would prefer that people free did 10 minutes worth of free writing every day. Even if you do this just once a week, once a week you are going to notice. And, you know, in, in two months' time, if you were to do this once a week in two months' time, I challenge you to call into the radio show and tell me that it has not changed you as a writer in some way, because I know it will. And then you can share with us how it did. Writer's discipline. There's magic in this. All right. So write the haiku every day, or you know, at least get the thought down and turn it into a haiku later. Rambling catalyst. Once again. A screaming comes across the sky. Write that down on the paper. Keep going. Ten minutes till you're done. And that line, by the way, comes from the book Gravity's Rainbow, which was published in 1973. Now, we are going to work on your writing exercises. Writing exercises are different than writing assignments. Writing exercises are meant to push you, to make you push yourself outside your comfort zone, stretch those poetic muscles, you know, Twitch your brain, 
make you think about things in ways you wouldn't normally think about them. Write, write about something you wouldn't normally have written about or in a way that you wouldn't have thought of before or explore why you thought of it that way and what else you could think of and, and so on and so on. So your writing exercises are meant to push you. The one that I gave you for the year, and it's important to remember, a writing exercise is something that you do outside your comfort zone that's going to make you a better writer. Always about writing. Sometimes it's about doing because you have to have input in this life in order to have output. You have to have experiences. You have to sit on that hood of your car and smell the, the sweet grass and the hot Wyoming wind and be late for work because it's that important. You will, you, will, you will have those moments to draw on for eternity. They are like graffitied onto your soul moments like that. But you have to do them. So your exercise for the year was once a week. Again, once a week, too much. <laughs> once a week, I don't care if it's for 15 minutes or the whole weekend or, or whatever it is. I want you to do something that's surprising something you've never done before, something you haven't done in a long time. You know, do something that surprises yourself, that's out of the ordinary for you. You know, if you're, if you're a diehard gamer, you know, I challenge you to go to a, go to a, a horse show or, you know, something like that. Go to, a, go to a, a classic car show, that type of a thing. Because everything that you see there, you know, and when you go, pay attention. You're like the Indiana Jones of inspiration, right? Watch the people. Watch how they talk. Watch how they interact. You're not into cars, but they are, right? You know, so watch how they look at them. Watch how they, they relate to each other. Engage in a conversation with somebody and let them explain to you and listen to that passion. All of these things are going to help you as a writer in that scenario. Because some point you're going to have to sit down, and you've heard them before, and I'm going to use the example of some of these guys who write about the women's perspective on domestic abuse. And there's the, there, there are those that hit you like a gut shot, you know? It's like, how can a right man write about that so clearly? That's where things like that, paying attention to life comes in care how you have to do it fit something in somewhere that's different exciting explore your writing exercise for the week now is we what we've been doing is we've been writing to scenarios climbing outside of our brains with this remember i'm steering you away from writing poetry i don't like writing in labels saying that you're just a poet is like putting a girdle on your brain and not just a girdle but like an 1800s corset right you're trying to take this great, big, huge, magnificent thing and shove it through this little tiny opening like in, in an hourglass and expecting it come out, to come back out something big. You're not just a, a poet. You are more than that. You are a creative human being, first of all. That is what you are. But writing is one of the ways that you miss in you. So you're not just a poet, but you're a writer. You're not just a writer. You're a creative person. So I try to remind you, remind you about that by giving you these exercises that are not writing poetry. Notice all of the things that I have given you so far, with the exception of the haiku. Remember, I said it doesn't have to be a, a poem at that moment. Have not been about writing poetry at all. 
they've been about intimate time with your brain. So writing to a scenario, not writing poetry. Instead, I want you to write like a short story or a narrative prose, something along those lines. I don't want you to overthink it. Just spit it out. You know, spin go again. If you decide to change directions, just put a line through the paper and keep going. Never, never discard anything because you may need to go back to it later. You can sort it all out when you're done. The scenario, which I'm going to give you this week, and, and I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. You know, and remember to push yourself to the nonsensical sometimes. Remember, this is one-on-one time with you. This, no one else is meant to see this. This is you in your, in your you know, yoga pants that say juicy on the butt. This is not meant for, for, for humanity. <laughs> this is meant for private time. And this is stuff that you're, you're just doing to push your brain, grow, make messy. So I hope you have fun with this one. But I want you to write a story in which you are a writer. Imagine that, which you are a writer, trying to run from writer's block, which is an actual chasing you. Write a story in which you are a writer trying to run away from writer's block, which is an actual object that's chasing you. How crazy is that? I'm going to be doing that one this week for sure. Write a story about in which you are a writer trying to run from writer's block, and writer's block is an actual object it's chasing you. I would love to know. If nothing else, I would love to know what object you are going to make writer's block. You know, instantly, of course, you know, my very first thought was, thank you, Ghostbusters. Now, my writer's block looks like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah. All right. Next, we are going to do part two of your writing exercise. So number two, and that is pick apart a prompt. And remember I said that what you do with your, you know, what you do before you write is more important than what you can actually write sometimes, what you actually write sometimes. So I want you, there's always knee-jerk reactions. You think about Christmas, you know, or December, you think about Christmas, you think about snow, you think about, you know, blah, blah, whatever. There's knee-jerk things that we are programmed to think of immediately. But what are you going to find if you look behind that? And that's what I want you to explore. So I want you to write the prompt at the top of the page. And again, this is not intended to write a poem. What I want you to do is write a list of all the different types of poems you could write to the prompt. How many different directions you could take it. How many different ideas. You know, well, I could write a poem about this prompt. Or I could make it a giraffe, or I could make it a car, or I could make it out of space, or you know, how many different ways can you? Tw- that was a stupid example. <laughs> how many different ways can you twist this prompt to make it unique? And when you write this down and you start doing this, I want you to really push yourself seriously, and write till what you're writing is absolutely ridiculous. And when you get to that point, you know it's probably safe to stop. Somewhere in there, I promise you, if you do this, and you should do this with anything you sit down to write, you know, kind of do like a a word association type thing with it and make it a a seed and, you know, all the different lines you write out are the roots to the the idea. How many different things could that prompt grow into? And you're going to find one in there that you're going to run with. The next thing 
Oh, I have to tell you what the prompt is. Ha! I would love to see what you wrote to that, having no prompt. The pick apart a prompt, what I want you to do, the, what I want you to write at the top of the page and do all that stuff I just told you to do. The prompt is traffic light. Traffic light. Like yellow, green, red. Or is it red? Yellow, green. Traffic light. So that's your prompt. Write that at the top of the page and write down all the things that could be a metaphor you, you know, used in or, or a, yeah, just all the different places you could take that title, that prompt. Now, I have some poetry prompts for you. And we're only doing one of these tonight. I do not have the That's My Line for this week because last week was a rough show. And I didn't do it. So I could have made something up, but I'd rather just, yeah, I did not do it, you guys, sorry. So we've got four poetry prompts. Now that I've completely made you not write a, want to write a poem, what we're going to do is poetry prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. They are poetry seeds. Saying that, it can be the title of a poem, it can be a line in the poem, or the general concept of the poem, but it needs to grow into a poem. So mark your paper one through four, because there's four of them. And you can write a poem, one poem to each four. You can write a poem using all four lines. You can mix and match and switch up the lines and see how many different poems you can write using these prompts. And that's when you have fun. Can I write? It's a really fun way to explore ideas as well, kind of doing it backwards from what you did uh, when you picked apart the prompt. All right, so your poetry prompts are, one, eating the bitter parts. Eating the bitter parts. Number two, under the summer moon. Under the summer moon. Number three, on the withered moor. On the withered more and four thunder in the willows thunder in the willows now i was looking at these and they they all look pretty nature-ish kind of except for the first one stuff right but remember i said look deeper think about all the current events that are going on in the world right now all the things that are in the news, all the things that are in turmoil. And how could thunder in the willows be used to describe what's going on in the world? Those are the type of questions I want you to ask yourself before you start writing, before your pen ever touches a paper. All right. Remember to play with your ideas, play with your words, have fun with your tasks, your ideas, your thoughts. And they, in turn, will have fun with you. Those are your writing assignments, your journal exercises, your prompts for this week. If you happen to miss any of them or I got you lost somewhere along the way, don't worry about it. You can come back and listen, usually into about 15 minutes into the show. And you will get your writing tasks for the week. You can go back and listen to any of our shows. If you get stuck, like I said, some night and... Just listen and find something to get you off and running. Next, I am going to play an audio track. I want to uh, let you know that if you are a recording artist, 
and you would like to have your piece played on the air, you can email those to me to the speakeasy, the word that's in there, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. Put MP3 file, audio track, something along those lines in the subject line for me, and we can get those uploaded to the show's library and play them for the world. Now, the piece that I am going to play tonight, I kind of picked out because it went from winter to summer in one day, and it's really hot today. And so while I was looking through the list and trying to figure out what I was going to start the show with tonight, I found this one by Seb N., and it's called It Was the Hottest Summer. I thought it would be a fun one to play to start off our summer season. Here we go. Oh, you made a song. Oh, boy, Abby, that's a circumstance you might want to reform or fill out so it'll change your garden. I got three folks. Technology is not my friend today. Hello. Uh, this is a poem that dates from last year. Um, as some of you may or may not know, I live in California, and uh, I wouldn't live nowhere else. This is just a wonderful place to, to, to be, and it's, it's perfect for me. It's like living in a dream sometimes. But uh, as it happens, I grew up in the South. Uh, in uh, places like Harford County, Maryland, and uh, Baltimore, and South Carolina. So accordingly, I'm a I'm a guy who uh, doesn't like the cold weather. I like the warm weather. I do not like the winter time. And uh, early in my career, I had the good fortune to be given a post into a town called St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, which is a wonderful town, and great people, great job. Really enjoyed myself there, except when that first winter came along, and I spent most of that shuffling around, absolutely convinced that old Sebi was going to freeze to death. Um, and in particular, one night I was lying in bed, and I could, I could not get myself warm. I couldn't do anything to make myself comfortable, and I was sincerely believing that uh, they were just going to come find me the next morning. I wasn't going to be able to call into work on account of the fact that I'd be dead, and they'd come and find me all froze up like old Hank Williams, just lying there with icicles hanging off my nose. And... Uh, that night, in a dream, came to me the the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson, and they're they're all you know singing, "My darling, you're so fine," and all that shit, and they're going, "Come on, Sebby, come on, you gotta come out of California, you gotta come out of California, Sebby, get your ass out to California. That's a nice, warm place. That's where you that's where you want to be." So the next morning, I woke up and I I proceeded to sell most everything I owned except my car, and uh, sure as you're born, 72 hours later, I'm standing on Venice Beach, Los Angeles, California, USA. And I considered that to be quite an accomplishment for myself. But uh, even for a boy of such a disposition uh, favoring the warm weather, there are occasional uh, disadvantages living in California, which one cannot help but observe upon. And uh, this is a poem regarding just uh, one of those small disadvantages. It's called the It Was the Hottest Summer in Living Memory. It was the hottest summer in living memory after brief spring receded like a melody. Dogs exploded on the sidewalk, howling and flames consumed. Oleander and jessamine ran right in the cracks, and the interminable nights were stickily perfumed. It was the hottest summer in living memory. The days were sere and the evenings incendiary. Passers-by sought shelter in the foothills or huddled in the shadows of the wharf. The lukewarm sea offers little consolation to the soles of my chuck tees and melting on the sidewalk. It was the hottest summer in living memory. How could our once beloved son stoop to such low treachery? Kids jumping into Sokel Creek off the trestles of the railway bridge. Curvy girls in daisy jukes and cropped off peasant jerkins, SPF 30 cream lubricating every appendage. 
Yeah, it was the hottest summer in living memory. And that sun that drew me to this place is now my cruelest enemy. The parking meters drooping, withering pool and molten silvery smelt. Azaleas desiccated the landscape plastic and as if rendered by the hand not of God but by Darley himself. It was the hottest summer in livid memory. The sun would not surrender, enthralled to its own savagery. And we who once worshipped at its feet, our once beloved Lumina Titan, fled our homes for every beach from Santa Cruz all the way to New Brighton. I love that piece. You know, I talk about finding unique ways to say something. He is really good at that. You get a chance. I think that's over on YouTube as well, if you want to listen to it again, or you can listen to it back on the show. All right, guys, that was our audio track. Once again, if you'd like to have your track played, shoot me the MP3 file to thespeakeasycap at gmail.com. We'll get that uploaded to a library and play it for you, and we would be happy to do so. If you were on hold tonight, this is what you can expect, first of all. If you would like to be on hold, if you'd like to come on the show, you can do so by dialing 646-595-3965. That's 646-593-965. If you are on hold, please listen for your telephone area code. We take orders. We take callers in the order that you call in. So when you hear your telephone area code, it's your turn to come on. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who you are and, and know who you, you know who, know who's reading. But it's also important that your name is attached to your work. I mean, basically, you're publishing your work right now on the airwaves. So please make sure that you have the name you want attached to that attached to that. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Right now we can do two poems. And uh, if that changes, if the lines get too busy and I need to cut that back to one at some point, I will let you know when that time comes. But till then, you're welcome to read two poems. When you're done reading, make sure that you give us your URL. That way we know how to come find you. People can look you up you and your work, get to know you better. And, uh, yeah, it's real important to do that social networking. Then... Please remember that we have a mature rated show. That means just about anything goes with the exception of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you're good to go. I do want to let area codes 757, 815, and 215 know that you are not in the queue. If you'd like to come on and read tonight, please press 1 on your phones now. If you're here just listening, thank you for being here. I appreciate it so much. I hope you enjoy the show. If you change your mind at any time, again, now that is five seven, or excuse me, seven 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 five seven and eight one five. You guys are not in the lineup. So seven five seven eight one five. If you guys want to come on the show, press one. If you're here just listening, hang out. Awesome. I guess I've changed mine. Press one at any time. Let's go ahead and take our first caller. I'm actually going to give our first three callers so you kind of have a heads up. You're coming on fairly quickly. First, we have 731, then we have 562, then 717. 731, you're on the air. Hey, am I here? You are here. Hello, Michael. That's great. I was uh, texting back and forth with Don Lee, and I forgot that I was even involved. 
hey, you messed me up tonight because I was all I, I wrote a poem last week again while I was texting back and forth with Donnelly's uh, for for the uh, the tribute. So, but we're not doing mm-hmm. it. So I've got a poem for the tribute. Whatever we do it. In the meantime, I don't have anything else. But but <laughs> this week this week we had a post going a lot of us about phobias and Mm -hmm. and clowns were a part of it. And then the question of between clowns and evil clowns, and we came to the conclusion all clowns are evil clowns. All clowns are evil. And I made made the statement that that the first post that I ever put on the Internet was on MySpace on September 28, 2006, and it was called Why I Hate Evil Clowns. So that was kind of interesting. Scroll named Barbara pops up. She goes, "Hey, dude, I remember that. I love that. I want it. Remember <laughs> me? I was Shalimar Rose on MySpace. I'm going I like, remember hey. her. Yes. So I like, I'll dig it up. I'll find it for you, and I'll I'll post it uh, after my birthday. So I I have that to do for her. So since I have that, it's a very short story. Uh, I will read it now." And this is my my first MySpace blog. You know, most people's first blog was like, "Hey y'all, uh, it's Mike, and uh, it's first blog now. Y'all say hi." And that was that was it. But no, not me. I I had a story to tell. And you know what else is really gonna be story? What I what's gonna be funny when I post this? Sad. The girl in it. The girl in it. That's my cousin. She looks at everything I do on Facebook, and she's going to figure out it was about her. So 14 years ago, I was writing this about her. We've never got around to telling her that she's in the story. So it's going to be interesting there. Yeah, I don't think she'll sue me. hope she know. Anyway, let me get to it. It's called Why I Hate Evil Clowns. Back when we were growing up on Lynn Road in Memphis, birthdays were a big deal. You have to understand that we lived in a really tight suburb. Dozens of houses squeezed together meant dozens of neighborhood kids. Therefore, a public birthday party or gathering was definitely a highlight. For some reason, I never understood. My parents thought that birthday number 13 was the big one, so I was afforded anything my little heart desired. Much to their dismay, I chose watermelons. But that's not the gist of this story. This is about three years later when it was my brother's turn to have then lucky number 13. He did mom and dad proud by asking to have a clown. Dad knew a guy from a friend that worked. Phone calls were made and a deal was set. My brother would have his clown on his birthday, which was June 15th. You know... Back then, the thought of getting clown references for a clown was simply not a priority, so it really should not have come as a great surprise when Mr. Clown showed up under the influence of what had to be alcohol on June 14th by mistake. I had just turned the corner of our house as he was knocking on the door. When the door opened, it was by our younger female cousin who was staying with us for a week. She lived in the country, and I guess no one informed her that we were having such a distinguished guest on the following day. She came face-to-face with her very first bona fide evil clown, and the whole neighborhood heard it. 
she hit such a high, shrill note that at least a dozen dogs were in full bark before she ended it. It was at this point that Mr. Clown's adrenaline must have overcome the barley and hops. He spun on the dime and proceeded to run for the hills. He did not make it. It seems that when Dad poured the concrete the previous summer so that the water hydrant would have a new home, unfortunately for Mr. Clown, it was in the front yard, about two and a half clown footsteps from his fleeing point. He should have jumped. He straddled the water fire hydrant. I don't know how much he felt when it happened, but I'm reasonably confident he felt it for days after. It was an ugly scene. She had learned to breathe again and was now giving us a full serenade, as was he. This guy was centered on this hydrant and trying to push off, but all he managed to do was spin around, which we all know is a fairly reliable way to turn on a water faucet. In a matter of seconds, his big clown suit began to fill with water. He became a veritable birthday balloon. Eventually, his weight and the weight of the water became too much for the primitive pipe, and it bowed over enough for him to be on all fours, and off he crawled. I don't know if he was embarrassed or angry, but he was saying things very unbecoming of a clown. However, his rage quickly rescinded as the results of having torn his clown suspenders from his pants became evident. He was now upright, attempting to run while his clown pants were down at crawling height. I must tell you at this point that clowns do not have special clown underwear. Um, he with his life, if not his dignity. I heard later that when he turned the corner that Tom, who drove the ice cream mobile, tried to run him down in the street. I don't know if this was to protect the children or if Mr. Clown was perceived as competition and this was an act of turf war. I did not see it, so I cannot verify. The next day, the party was sort of anticlimactic. My brother was mad because he'd been cheated out of his clown. My cousin went back home that morning, and in all the duress, Mom forgot all about making a cake. Those watermelons were the best ever. In peace. That was absolutely one of the most delightful things I have heard in a long, long time. Sweet. I don't know if you understand power of your writing i don't know if you've ever understood that i know in fact that's a lie i know you haven't i know you don't but there was not one person listening to this right now that was not sitting right there wanting to know what was happening i i was trying so hard not to laugh out loud seriously so i didn't interrupt you so you'd keep going and i could hear the rest i love what i call moments in time frozen moments in time like a photograph Photograph poems. You know, you take that moment in time and you've frozen it so perfectly. And I know when I know when when your cousin hears this that she is going to be delighted. That'd be great. And and just so she knows, hey, yo, cousin girl, I love this man. He is awesome. He is like amazing superhero in our world, just so you know. You guys do not you know, show him enough reverence. Okay, I'm done. Well, all right. <laughs> oh, this accidentally turned you on. I mean, I mean, the, the I, I'm feeling computer. a little flushed. <laughs> I, I refreshed the computer. Speak easy. I heard it. I heard it. I heard okay. it. 
<laughs> I'm, but I'm sorry. I just couldn't. That was just too good. <laughs> well, you know how it is. Those fellas that drove the ice cream truck, there's, there's, there's to be revered. <laughs> Indeed. All right, sweetheart. Tell everybody how they can find you, honey, because they really should. Well, actually, this is uh, um, or how they can, can find really found pictures on your cousin's page. Oh no, Lord, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was just kidding, honey. I would not do that to you, by the way, cousin. Yeah. Person. I have a I have a poetry site that I write serious poetry and everything. If anybody wants to see that. But there's stories and poems, but there, there's nothing quite like this. Um, but that's MikeTodd.blogspot.com, and Mike is spelled M-Y-K-E, so it's M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D, and blogspot.com. So it's, you can find me there. You can find me there. I, my last poem was about Kelly's Treehouse. You remember that? That's been a while. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to wait two and a half years to write something else. I've got something or someone in mind right now. I don't think I can hold off that long. So, anyway, may not have those two and a half years left in me. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> I, I thanks know. for telling me happy. Thanks for telling me happy birthday today. I really. I'm not done yet. That. I'm not done yet. Shh, shh, shh. I'm waiting okay, to get done you. talking. Okay. Right. So, so I want to tell you happy birthday. Thank you. And and are you ready? to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dearest darling sweet michael <laughs> happy birthday to you now, now well, you guys know why, why i write poetry and not sing <laughs> that was better than cake and ice cream <laughs> a little more scary than a clown though <laughs> it's mm-hmm. okay <laughs> Okay, you know what time it is now? John right, you do. It's time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets. And uh, looking forward to a great show tonight. And thanks for your time this time. Until next time, so long, Nyla. <laughs> Good night, Michael. We'll talk to you soon, honey. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 562. 562, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. This is Samuel Rain, the voice behind this pen. How are you? Hey, Samuel. How are you, my dear? Oh, like super busy, but, you know, I said, well, let me do it today because I'm about to get super busy again because, you know, things just flowing like that. You know, when you're writing, I write all the time and I'm editing other poets' books and, and, you know, it's just, it's work. I know, and it's it's okay. You know, you don't have to be here every week as long as you come home once in a while. (laughs) Yeah, so Mama needs her love. uh, Well, (laughs) thank you, thank you. I'm almost uh, done with the the third project. You know, I I would give myself a six month period to write like three books, and I only have nine more poems to write for this last project, and then I'll start over again in July on three more projects. Holy moly! So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm getting it done, and, yeah, and I, I like the new I could stuff. not I write have... that way. I could not write that way. I could not sit there and say, "Okay, I need six more poems to write for this book and sit down." I sit there and and I'm working on a book right now, and I'm looking at everything that I've ever written. I'm reading through every journal I've ever written, you know, looking for little nuggets, right? And it's like I'll read through a whole journal. Oh, that's all crap. Throw it over my shoulder. 
<laughs> I mean, it's taking me forever to find things that I like well enough to go into a book. Not horrible. Uh, so I'm well, I'm impressed. Uh, you, you got kudos yeah. from me to be able to do that. Well, I challenge myself. Every project is a challenge. And so by doing that, it, it uh, creates a drive for that challenge. So uh, the project I'm working on now, what I did was I wrote down every title that was going to be in the book, and I made it a poem from every title without using so any So you had all the titles words. first? Or... Yes, for this project. That was my challenge for this project. Oh. So there, so there are 33 poems plus bonus poems. Now, the bonus poems are whatever I feel, whatever I write in between, and I can stick that in the book. That's a bonus poem. But as far as the table of contents, every poem, and I, I, I created the table of contents, which is uh, a poem itself. The table of contents is actually a poem. And so then you took I, the list of all of the, the poems and wrote a poem out of the titles in the table of contents. No, yeah, from the table of contents. So whatever the title was in the table of contents, that 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 was the name of the poem. And and, yeah. and uh, so um, so the table of con- and the table of contents itself is a poem. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So and it flows just. I like speak that. Samuel. I, I understood what you were saying. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, I'm going to share a poem from that project as well, and I'm going to share a poem from another book that I, I actually started writing in January. I finished it a long time ago, but, you know, within my six-month period, and it's a self-titled book called Finding Me, so it's Samuel Rain, Finding Me. So I'm going to read a poem from there, and then I'm going to read a poem from the other project, which is super dope. It is called If Life Were a Movie. That's the title of the book. Okay, so you ready for some poetry? I am, please. Okay. Let it rain. You got my pen inking. I'm adjusting my flow now. Read this like you want to be part of me. Call me temptation, yes. I'm a fiend out to get it. This be my thing. And these lines read my mind. You know what I mean. I make it happen so big. They buying my books in Japan now. I got them hungry for me. Sounds like R&B. They even dubbed me the Will Downing of poetry to think I'm just complicated passions. And that's that piece. (laughs) Oh, that is awesome. That needs to be like the, um, the voiceover for the preview of the movie. Oh yeah, uh, and the name it's of that complicated is complicated passion. Oh yeah, oh, well, I'm working on that. I, I did send something <laughs> to the Speakeasy Cafe because I couldn't post it on the page because it's a, a trailer for my latest book, which is called Dark Man Blues John Bowl, which comes out in a couple of months. But I have a I have a, a couple of trailers. I'm gonna release another trailer tonight, so it'll be the third trailer for the book, and just just take few pictures of. I, I let the pictures speak for the book itself. You know, because the book is not only poetry, it's also uh, awesome. of real life moments. Oh, yeah, it is. It, the book is totally awesome. And I actually wrote this book four years ago, so you can see how far I'm ahead of myself, because this book I wrote in 2016 is just now coming out in 2020. 
So I have that many books that I've written. I average about five or six books I write a year. So imagine from 2016 to now how many books I've written. So that probably won't why, come out why? Wait, a minute, like wait, 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 time out, wait. You have that many books. Why don't I have a signed copy of one of your books in my library? <laughs> I'll let you know that all the books I've written, they're all on Amazon. But you can get you a signed copy. You can't sign them. talk about this. I no, don't want no, one no, on no, Amazon. I want one signed. <laughs> okay, so we can make it happen. So uh, my great-grandkids can well, sell it on eBay for a million dollars, right? Uh, eventually, eventually. <laughs> yeah. My great grandkids will sell it. They're books that people can't get now because I make them unavailable. So, I mean, and so uh, one day I will be famous, and then people will be like, well, I want that book. Yeah. You and everybody else, I got a few copies of those books that are no longer available on Amazon. I have copies of them. So um, we'll see what happens. So this next piece is from If Life Were a Movie, and it's called The Clone of My Father's Past. Okay. Truth to pass, lies, printed or not, my life, my story, on and off paper, pictures don't lie. To see history is what today tells me I can't be a clone of my father's past. The value of my life is what I make you. The reality, injustice, miscarriages in black and white. And in this movie, you see, you can see how it ends my life. Streaming live, unedited truths. Has this awakened your nightmares? Seeing the monster in the closet, knowing I will no longer be a clone of my father's past? You're the making of how your history comes to an end, Dark Man Blues. That's that piece. Loved it. Yeah, keep us posted. You. you post your links and stuff for your books on my pages, right? Yeah, you know, so, uh, but I did send you a trailer of the the new book that's coming out. Is Like I said, it's called Dark Man Blues, John Bow. Actually, I'm putting out three books this year. Um, the two Dark Man Blues books, one is called An Interview with Love. And I wrote a book with a dope poetess out of Los Angeles. Her name is Lala DeVille. I said she was a love poem and didn't know it. And she says she never knew she was a love poem until I read between her lines. So we wrote a book together a couple of years ago, and it's just now going to be coming out now called The Conversation. Wow. I want to be a fly on so that people wall. people get ready. <laughs> it is outstanding, this project. That should be the tagline so, for your uh, book, for your advertising that book. You will, want to be on a, you will want to be a fly on the wall for this book. Oh, yeah, because The Conversation good is tagline. definitely... Oh, yeah, the conversation is definitely uh, there, you know, because I, I wrote the book called Love in the Conversation. And so we now I've had the conversation and that's what this title is, The Conversation by DeVille and Passion. And that's what's coming out uh, later this year as well. Awesome. So, I'm excited for all those projects. I'm very proud of you. Very proud of you. Thank you. Good work. Thank you. You're welcome. So, yeah. Yes. So, and, and to let the people know, uh, my government name is Samuel Rain Benjamin. So you can, I, I love people to Amazon me, or, or you can reach out to me on um, Instagram as Tasting Poetry or Samuel Rain on Facebook or CE Poetry on Twitter. 
So uh, you can find me that way. And then if you want to talk to me, we can exchange emails. And then if you want to further talk to me, then we can exchange numbers. If you want to know anything about publishing, writing, all those things, I do all of that. Why don't you do a workshop for us? Pick one of those topics well, and do I, a workshop. I don't know. Well, well we, we, we've mentioned this before, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to inbox you. No, not inbox you. I'm going to email you at the Speakeasy Cafe, and then we can exchange. I will give you my number, and then we can go from there. Okay. That works for me. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, and Thanks for reading tonight. Fantastic job. All right. Uh, I will enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> we'll talk to you again soon, honey. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 717. They will be followed by area code 219 and 716. But right now, 717, can you hear me? Hiya, Georgie. Would you like a balloon? (laughs) (laughs) Hi. (laughs) You have no idea how creepy I think clowns are. Uh, okay. I'm James Popline. It is good to hear from you, James. Yeah, I know. It's been, it's been over a year. Uh, I know. But, you know, you're here now, and that makes me happy, so we're good. Thank you. Uh, so what's been going on you with know, you? What's new in your world? What'd you bring us? Why'd you bring that piece? What's going on? Huh? What? Okay, your turn. Um, we'll backtrack a little. Um, your one prompt or your one exercise, you mentioned traffic lights. Mm-hmm. I could not get Python out of my head. <laughs> Why is that? Because they did a they did a, a bit on the show the traffic light song. That's awesome. I like traffic lights. I like traffic lights. I like traffic lights, except when they are red. <laughs> or something, you know, <laughs> you know, you get the idea. Or, so you've had that song playing in your head now? <laughs> uh, I like traffic lights. Yes. You're welcome. Now that's going to be stuck in my head. Curses. <laughs> I like traffic lights. I like traffic lights. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Now everybody in the world, everybody that's going to call in tonight is just going to say, Damn it. You guys did it. The, all of us, we're all going to be singing that song. And I like traffic lights. Yeah, you won't forget that prompt. So, okay, go ahead. <laughs> So what have I been doing? Um, been kind of prolific. I've, I think I've gotten over about 140 poems this year, and then I just writer's block. That and kind of taking a rest, you know, it's just, you know, let my mind regroup or whatever. Okay, let me ask um, you something, because you bring up a really good point. So wrote all these awesome poems, and then boom, writer's block. Yeah. So what has what have you been focused on besides writing? What's going on in your life? What happened? What grabbed your brain? I guess this whole uh, COVID thing. 
But mm-hmm. I don't see it as a problem right now. It's just that I've been going nonstop for the last two, three years. And, you know, it was bound to happen. So it's like, you know, just. But that's not writer's block. See, writer's block, and I, I do a workshop on this. Writer's block does not exist. It's an urban legend. It's like the boogeyman. It can't hurt you if you don't believe in it. Writer's block does not exist. Just because you're not cranking out a poem like a freaking robot every single day does not mean that you have writer's block. Sometimes, as created human beings, we have the outside stimulus in our world can be so impactful that sometimes we just have to shut down, shut up, and listen and pay attention to our world. We're, you know, Sometimes it's something tragic. Sometimes it's something good. But sometimes our brain just needs to go somewhere else. But everything that we're well, doing in that time, we're storing as information to use as writers. So it's not writer's block. Okay. Well, it's just creatively focused on something else. Yeah. Um, I do have a second book coming out in a few weeks. That is exciting news. What what's the name? An extravagant way of saying nothing. <laughs> and, well, it's, uh, I like it. It was, it was a comment that a, a friend, of, a writer friend of mine, had made on a poem that's in my first book. Uh, I think it was the uh, this is not a poem about the rain. He said it was an extravagant way of saying nothing, and it just kind of stuck with me. I like it. I like it a lot. Great title. Thank you. So you'll keep us posted on what's going on with that and when it comes out and all that good stuff. Yeah, is I think that, uh, I think they're just uh, waiting to send it to press. Very cool. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. What are you going to read for us tonight? Uh, two pieces from the book. Uh, the first one is titled "He Waited to Watch." He waited to watch her leave, not for love's sake, but the slow drifting to this moment of no turning back, and the final certainty of never seeing her again as she disappeared from sight. End of poem. I like it. You know, you've you've always been very good at that that direct and to the point, getting your message straight like a bullet. In really unique ways. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad because what stuff is what you sometimes what you have to go through to be able to get to be able to write it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I do know what you mean. Yes, yes, I do. Very much do. Are you going to read two for us tonight, hon? Yes. Um, the second one. It's titled, The Poem Has Decided. The poem has decided it is an English sonnet instead of the four-line free verse that it actually is. And the piece. Do you know why I love that, James? I cannot tell you how many times I have sat down and started writing something. And all of a sudden... Get, I'm, I'm kind of lost in what I'm writing. I'm just trying to get it down on paper. And all of a sudden, two of the lines will rhyme. 
and you could sit there and visibly watch me get pissed off <laughs> because the whole first part of this poem does not rhyme. You know, it's free verse. It's there's, and then I, then some, and then it's like, once it does, I can't take it out. You know, once, once it's there, my brain has done that shift. You know, so you can sit there and tell me I just wrote a sonnet, but no, I don't care what in the hell that poem says. It's not a sonnet. <laughs> it's a damn, damn free write that I started five minutes ago, and that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> but it's funny how when you're writing, I mean, it's, what you said is so true, that when once you start writing, you know, if you give, if you let go of the reins and let your pen just write, and let that connection go between your brain and your pen, what you were trying to rein in will grow into something completely different. You know, so you can sit down and try to write one thing, but to be able to let go and let the poem develop on its own is a pretty cool thing. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, that 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 just tickled me in so many different ways. I love it. Fantastic job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. All right. Go ahead and tell everybody how to find you, my darling. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, the poetry page, uh, James E. Rothbein Poet. So that's R-O-E-T-H-L-E-I-N. It's not spelled the way it sounds. So um, I also have uh, an Instagram account, which I um, post quite a few of the uh, more recent stuff that I've done. And um, a Twitter account that I hardly do anything with, so it's inconsequential. Um, my first book is available on Amazon. And uh, for anyone who's interested, it's the title is Musing on the Cricket Game of Life, Part One and a Half. Uh, it's also through uh, Silver Bow Publishing, out of, out of Vancouver, Canada. Uh, the second book, An Extravagant Way of Saying Nothing, will also be published by Silver Bow Publishing. And like I said, it will be out in a few weeks, and it will be on Amazon. Very excited for you. Thank you for sharing both of those with us. Thank you for letting us know about the book and all that. And, sweetheart, please, I know life takes you away sometimes, but just remember, you know, there's always a place at the table for you here. And, you know, when you can get here, it really is appreciated. We miss you. Thank you. Thank you for having you're, me. You're welcome, love. We'll talk to you in a little bit, hon. All right. Bye, sweetheart. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 219. you are on the air. Hey, now, how you doing? This is Brother on the line. Hey, Brother O, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's been a fantastic night so far. Yeah, yes, it is. So what did you bring us? Uh, Paul is called uh, Living with Survivors Remorse. My dear brothers and sisters, the longer we live, the more we will experience deaths of our loved ones, close friends, 
acquaintances and classmates. And the more people we got to leave behind as we continue on our own life's journey, and we all, must all deal with the realities of living with survivors and more. So I vividly remember my parents telling me as a young man that life is never fair because we don't know who going to make that transition to the afterlife and go to heaven. No man or woman knows when or how she is going to leave and serve. When God calls your number, ain't nothing you can do about it. My dear brothers and sisters, we all must face the harsh realities of living with survivors and more attaching ourselves why we're still living while the people who are close to us are dropping like flies left and right. And the spirits of loneliness and isolation are trying to sneak up on us to cause us to sink into the depths of despair, sadness, and depression. My dear brothers and sisters, yours truly is dealing with and living with survivor's remorse right now after just after losing my best friend and bro for life, David Upshaw, and my fellow sister, Ron, from Toledo, Ohio, by way of Chicago, my fellow living miracle, Dory Blocker, due to serious illnesses 12 days apart this month. So I'm trying to come to terms with why David and Paula had to die before their time while I survived three major illnesses last year. Man, this just ain't fair. I'm trying to figure out how my bro took care of his parents, his wife and his children, my sister, was waiting on a new heart while the one she had was gradually weakening. Why did they have to leave this search so unexpectedly? Why was spared from meeting the same fate as they did last year? Man, this is messed up. I'm trying to comprehend how bacteria facts should claim my brother's life at the age of 45 and see his heart issues claim. My son lived a miracle dear sister's life at the age of 51 where I overcame acute renal failure, a mini stroke, a serious bacteria infection, a severe case of anemia, and I'm still alive and thriving at 45. Man, this right here is way beyond my understanding, brothers and sisters. My dear brothers and sisters, I haven't felt these feelings of survivors remorse this strong since my grandmother Victoria died two weeks before my 19th birthday. These feelings that I'm having right now, I'm having difficulty dealing with them. And I know that I'm not the only one who is listening to this poem right now who is dealing with survivors remorse right now. Sometimes I want to ask God the question, why am I still here? What is my purpose here on this earth? What is your plan for my life? Why do I feel all alone in this world without the people who I truly cared for? And how did I manage to endure and survive all the challenges that I've been through while some of my dear friends died from some of the things, same things that I survived? See, my dear brothers and sisters, some a very dear friend of mine reached out to me and helped me to understand and cope with the fact that survivor's remorse is reality as we get older by reminding me how I deal with death 
is just as important as how I deal with life. Reminding me that God ain't through with me yet because I have yet to fulfill my purpose. Reminding me that God got still got work for me to do. Reminding me that God kept me alive for a reason. And reminding me not to have not to be depressed or feel sorry for myself. And reminding me just to be thankful to be living another day in poem. Perfect way to end that piece. That was awesome, Brother O. Thanks, Nala. You're very welcome, my dear. So tell everyone how they can show you love. I can show me love on my Facebook page under the name Oh My Brother Old Gallon. Uh, I uh, post the original quotes. I posted a lot of poems. I post uh, events that I have coming up. Other people who have coming up. So check check out my page, guys. And as always, thank you for support every single week on Speak Easy Cafe. Absolutely our pleasure, sweetheart. Thank you, Brother O. Fantastic job tonight, hon. Thanks, Nala. I'll be back next week. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you then, honey. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Our next caller, I'm going to go ahead and give the next three so you kind of have a heads up there. We have 716-201 and 215 will be our next three callers. 716, you are on the air. I am so excited. I haven't heard from you in ages. Um, this is legendary. I don't know if you remember me, but I was the guy that FaceTimed. Cannot hear you very well at all, sweetheart. Hello? Are you there? Hello? Yep, I'm here. Okay, I can hear you a little better now. Hello? Hi. Hey. Um, I haven't heard from you in, like, ages. Um, I freestyled on one of your shows before. I was recommended by Gina Storm, and I came and I did a freestyle, and I haven't been back in a long time. I remember that. How have you been doing? I have been doing extremely well, and like many of the poets that went before, I have actually been... Um, not only freestyling, but I've gotten into publishing uh, some work. I recently published a third book of poetry. Congratulations on that. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, all of my books are self-published. My third one is called Nameless. I just came out, and um, it has already sold 20-plus copies. And I'm so excited because I remember you telling me you were a nerd and I had some homework that I was going to come back and freestyle about. <laughs> I am a nerd then, on so many levels. Yeah. I have to say, the guy who did the clown piece, normally clowns are scary and nightmares, but that was pretty good. Wasn't that fun? That was, that was rather interesting. Like, I didn't think about clowns being scary. That was kind of fun. I was like, <laughs> I really was nervous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did a great job on that That was Michael Todd that did that piece uh, I have read some great poems tonight And it's cool to be a self-published author The cool thing about uh, this book Is that it's called Dameless Because none of the books have titles I know I heard a lot about um, 
thinking and titling and things like that. And I know for myself personally, I always say this, uh, thinking can be a great asset, but it can also be a great adversary. And so I wrote without titles because I didn't want to think about anything. I didn't want to think about certain topics and themes in my book. I just wanted to write. And that's what I did. So I would like to ask if I may do one freestyle and then read a piece from my book. Of course, please. So, so what would you like me to freestyle about? I'm going to make this really hard on you. You're going to really be upset you ask me that. So you ready? (laughs) At the beginning of the show, I always give out four poetry prompts. And I'm going to read the four of them to you, and you have to pick one of them to use. Okay. All right. So the first one is... (laughs) The first one is eating the bitter parts. The second one is under... The summer moon. Okay. The third one is on the withered moor. And the fourth one is thunder in the willows. So eating the bitter parts under the summer moon on the withered moor and thunder in the willows. You can pick one of those. I'm going to use that one. Oh, you little sassy man. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. I would clap along with the thunder, but the thunder scares me into thinking that a night under the moon should be romantic. But as I was lured and seduced by gravity's pull, something in me told me to pick up one of those little white willows that fly past me and tell me to make a wish. Normally, I would look up at the moon and wish on a shooting star, but shooting scares me. And it's the cousin of fireworks these days, and we're in the season of fireworks, so I can't tell if it's a scary bomb or if someone's been bombed into the pavement. Meanwhile, I'm forced to eat the white privilege that has served in me for 400 plus years. I'm 28, so that's 400 plus 28 plus my grandchildren, my nieces, nephews. And I'm served a no thank you serving of white privilege, and I must eat this bitterness as I am forbidden to spit it out because God forbid. But somehow I keep oppressing myself, giving the impression that being impressive is something impressive and important. However, important, I am not. I am homegrown and I'm not alone, but still. I walk as a soldier across to the crossroads. They tell me to believe in a cross. But then again, when I put my arms across my chest to make a symbol for Wakanda, I remember that Wakanda isn't real. But that night I laid under the moon thinking about her pulling me just like she pulls the waves. Something was real. The beating in my chest, which I crossed my arms over. It doesn't taste too good. It tastes bittersweet. Because when morning comes, I gotta feel this merciless heat. There is no shade from the trees, tall as they are, taller than me, reaching towards God's cheeks. Meanwhile, I am a simple man here on the underground land, and somehow I wanna land these blows, but nothing goes right. I wish I could hear the thunder once more. Let the lightning flash and show me God's cheeks just one more time. As I walk a little bit darker than the line line, I walk across the equator and tell me she'd be friends with the prime of Indian. But these travels that I'm riddled in as I try to duck and dodge their prescription of riddling because they can't figure out what part of the riddle I am riddled in. Well, hey, I guess I'll just do what Tavia said and play the fiddle. It's all about tradition. 
if I were a rich man, but I'm not. I try to do everything I can to bless all of these mics and all of these pages, but the truth is, I am one grain of sand on an entire beach going through different phases, just like the moon. Sometimes she's there, and sometimes she's not. So if this bitterness, her company keeps me in good spirits. Whether I have to eat a little or a lot, sometimes I might even add a little hot sauce just to see if I can give the bitterness some kick because I get addicted to the pain and the taste and I might as well have some fun with it. But I'm not. So I lay under this moon a human being trying to give myself some kind of leisure, some kind of pleasure. But self-pleasuring can be something addicting, even though I tried to add ingredients, but this has no additive. This is all homegrown, no GMO, no MSG. This isn't even N-E-G-R-O. This is a simple man named Simple. Excuse me for stealing words from Langston Hughes, but I feel that life is no crystal stare. So I stare at the moon, whether it's half, crescent, full, or even brand new. But when the moon's brand new, it looks just like me, just like you. It's dark, just like that more, or at least that's what they call this. But it makes me want more of that edge. I can't get enough of that satisfying taste of that gravitational pull. As I look at God's cheeks and the moon on the other side, going through different phases of the same face, and that's all that <laughs> You get an A plus. Great job. Yeah, I do that. You're gonna have um, to uh, just listen back to the show so you can write some of this down now. Yeah, yeah, and that's the, and you know what's funny about freestyling? People always ask you to do it again. I can't. It's a freestyle. Mhm. But you could I, if I you went wrote them down. I could, but if I wrote them down and re-edited them, they're no longer freestyles. Now they're written works. But that's okay because things evolve and they change. I have poems that I have been writing since I was a kid, and every time I touch them. They evolve and grow with me, you know, because we grow, we grow and evolve as people. But some of the stuff, I mean, that there were things in that you don't want to lose. No, you know, not even at if all. you but just write them down, thing. then you've got them. Yeah. Because even if it's actually it's archived in the show, so I won't lose it. So that's, that's pretty true. cool. Um, I'm excited because that was pretty cool, actually. Um, I would like to read what I believe is a the signature piece. Um, it doesn't have a title. None of the poems in my book, Nameless, do. Called Nameless. And I wrote it about a young lady I developed feelings for. That was we've all been there. Um, and I am no exception. And um, I'm proud of myself because we all go through that point where you just got to let it out. Stop thinking and you just got to say what you need to say. Yeah. So here goes. A young man in love. That's not what it's called, but that's what it's about. I met someone who said to me, it's really unfair that artists aren't truly appreciated until they're dead. When that sentence finished, I suddenly understood gravity was law, even in the chest. Suddenly, warm was the only temperature ever to exist. No boiling or freezing point. Gravity came to me in a different sense from any of the dozens of times I've hit the ground. A most ordinary and not unusual construction of words brought me down and could now take me wherever it wanted to. 
this feeling was too mild and controlled to be less, but too soon and young to call love. Still, there was a power over me I hadn't known and needed to be acknowledged. Certainly, I have felt attraction before. Certainly, I have smiled too hard too many times. Yes, I have liked many people, and even more so, the idea played in my head of us as a connection. But a sentence passed to me about artists and their lives taken for granted till death when, when they part rang a truth so coarse in me I had to submit. Suddenly, I knew the direction of where I wanted my loyalty to go. This was not luck. This, via one sentence, was a gravitational pull. I was a wave being raised and pulled by one sentence of a truth I've known, spoken more fluidly than me, by a someone who at the time just learned my name. I was looking for this feeling. I loved that I had found this feeling. Though one loving what they find was dangerous in the setting where I had first met this pull I saw. After a time of loving this pull and the way it touched my face and would kiss me and my face memorizing such, I was put down. As gravity does eventually release its pull, release its pull and put all waves down. And peace. Wow. That was awesome. That was really awesome. Thank you. That is so which um, what what page is that one on? That is oh that is a good question. <laughs> um that is pages hold on one second. On pages thirty four, thirty five, and thirty six and thirty seven. So pages 34 through 37 of my new book called Nameless. And I believe that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I I wrote that down so I would remember. Oh, that is awesome. Um, Also write down that uh, Nameless is on Amazon by Legendary the Poet. Um, And if you can't find it, if you have trouble with the search, you can also type in my governor name, Tyrone, T-Y-R-O-N-E, Houston, H-U-S-T-O-N, and it should pull right up. It's $15. And let's face it, people, there's always room for one more fresh read in your collection, and it's just in time for those cool summer nights where you're relaxing, you're on the outdoor patio, chilling, maybe you got a glass of wine, yeah. And, uh, take off and go book. camping. You're not going to get a cell service up there. You want something tangible in your hands. You won't be able right, to read right. Reddit. You know yep. You know, yeah, no, this is not, I did not do an electronic copy. I chose not to because as much as technology has advanced, I still believe in the traditional art. You know, I believe in folding pages and, 
you know, losing your place and just that intimacy that machine can't give you. So, um, Do you want to know something really amazing. funny? What's that? If, if I submit my work somewhere, I won't submit it to some place that doesn't, that isn't in, isn't a print publication because I want to hold it in my hand. Is that weird? No, not at all. Um, I was actually upset because at first I published my book on Kindle Direct Publishing and they put it right through the Amazon and I thought that they were forcing me to make an ebook. I don't mind, but I don't really want to. I like the feeling of holding my work. I like giving copies to people because I want you to... It's I don't want to like, go away when the lights go out. See what I'm saying? And the, light, exactly. the lights will go out someday. I don't want to go away. I want something here that archaeologists will unbury a thousand years from now. And, I mean, think about it. Just think about the title, Nameless. Like, doesn't that make you curious? Mm-hmm. It's a good title. That's a really now, good title. Because now you just got to know. And then with none of the pieces having title, you really got to do the extra work of thinking and using your imagination Google can't mm-hmm. do the work for you this time. You really got to use the good old-fashioned elbow grease and <laughs> uh, dive into it. And, uh, you know, people this, say this you important. make a really good point about it being a good title. And you know that saying mm-hmm. that you can't judge a book by its cover? That's mm-hmm. not true. That's not true when we're talking about books, you know, because people do judge. You're not supposed to. You know, and you can't tell right. by a cover what's inside, but be, people do judge books by the cover. You've got 10 seconds, the human brain, you've got 10 seconds to catch someone's attention. Right? If you think about yeah. yourself, and, and, when you go to a bookstore and you're looking at books and you reach out and that's the book you're going to pick up. It's going to be because of the type font. It's going to be because of the color. It's going to be because of the image on it. So you really want to put yeah. a lot of thought into what the cover of your book title is. Yeah. You know, well, you don't want to just say a to... book of poems by Joe Blow. You know, it, yeah, you want no, something you, because people boring, do. That, yeah. 90% of the battle yeah, is to get them to pick up the book off the shelf and get it in their hands. If you get that far, then, you know, your, yeah, your work is they have Because they have to look at it. You, you touch it with your eyes first. I used to have a a classroom mm-hmm. aide, and when she, we had to keep our hands up, and she would say, touch with your eyes. You touch things with your eyes first. Your eyes yep. touch anything before your hands do. And yep. if you're just saying poems by some guy, like if you read a book called <laughs> Nameless. like Actually, I like that title, Poems by Some Guy. <laughs> and it, it, it's a subconscious thing because you're going to go, what the hell? And you're going to pick it up just because you're curious about what the hell. Like, Who's some guy? Know. I know some guy. Maybe he wrote it. <laughs> We know, you know, everybody, we, we all know somebody. You you ever know, like, in cartoons when you're not giving <laughs> yourself away? And they're like, I know this guy who knows this guy. I know yeah, this guy. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, and this is important because um, this is a generation of literature written during a pandemic, um, still doing traditionally. And it's important for people with disabilities because I am an author with a disability, and I think the arts or anything creative 
are a good compliment for someone with a disability because our creations can go places and reach places that our bodies cannot. So it's really important uh, exactly. to accept, you know, exercise that mind. 17 million plus people have CP, including myself, around the world. And um, someday I want my nieces to read this. I want my nephew to read this. My kids, if I ever by some miracle find a date. <laughs> um, you know, this future generation, you know, and I'm not going to be the only one. There's going to be more people with cerebral palsy born, and I want them to look at me and look at my work and pick up that pen or pick up that guitar or that easel, whatever. Go for it. And uh, let's just be honest. Nameless, it got you curious, don't it? You want to read it, don't you? I do. I do. And uh, you guys can leave a review right on Amazon. Uh, please do. Um what I just read to you, I think, is one of my personal favorite pieces. Um, and I think that's the signature piece. So mm-hmm. uh, I totally crushed your freestyle, and you got some of the written work. So now you know I can do both. But please, please <laughs> go by that book, Nameless. You wrote down the information, right? I did. Awesome stuff. Great. So I'm going to get out of your hair, but it was so awesome. Um, I've been talking with you and Storm about you like crazy, and I. Uh, Cause you're good people, and I always miss your show. Thank you. <laughs> Aw, thank you, sweetheart. Appreciate I, you so I, much. I did. I've been dying to come. No, no problem. Thank you for having this platform, and kudos to all the poets that came before and those coming after. And like I said, by nameless, you're gonna love it. <laughs> all right, legendary Tyrone. Thank you, my dear. We will talk with you soon. You got it. All right, hun. Bye-bye, sweetheart. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 201, followed by, there will be followed by area code 215, and then 815, and then 323. That kind of gives you a heads up where you are. 201, you are on the air. Hello. Hi. How are you? This is Ivy, the poet. How are you? Hey, sweetie. I'm doing great. It's good to hear from you. Good to hear you too. It's been a while since I've been on your show, so nice to be here. Thanks to Gina. I am glad you're here. Yes, (laughs) I'm glad to be here too. What did she do? Get call in the troops tonight? Did she like get on the phone with you and threaten you? Because that's two of you tonight that called in. It's like Gina said to be here, man. I'm here because she scares me. No, no (laughs) threat. No, no, no. Not at all. She's a sweetheart. (laughs) I know she is. That that's what makes the thought of her being mean that much more terrifying, right? (laughs) Not at all. She's a sweetheart. (laughs) It's it's the sweet ones you have to look out for. I'm telling you. (laughs) Well, whatever it was, whatever whatever she did to get you guys to come by tonight, I really appreciate it. It's really good to hear from you, honey. Good to hear from you too. Thank you. How have you been? You've been okay during everything that's going on? I have been. The worst part of it is I'm a very creative person. And my, my kids always tease me that no matter what I touch, it will become something else. <laughs> and, and so, I'm, you know, I had this nice, beautiful, clean house, but now I have so many creative projects going around. I look around, it's like, I don't know what to focus on anymore. 
Do I work on that? Do I, I work on that? Do I work on that? So, you know, that's, that's been the biggest problem is, you know, my house yeah. isn't so tidy when you think it would be. You can't leave your house. You should have a nice clean house. No. <laughs> I got paintbrushes <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's good. At least you're still creating. So that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing, you know. I believe so. I am so glad yeah. to hear from you. I'm glad to hear your voice, too. What'd you bring I, us tonight, um, honey? This is a new piece. I actually voted. Uh, I voted at the beginning of the month, and I haven't spit it, so I'm going to share it on your show. Thank you. And it's, and it's called, thank you, and it's called Crack. There's a crack in my foundation. To tell you the truth, I think they've been, they've been there from the foundations of the world. Trouble began for this black little girl fighting for a living green dacks with hot combs, straight hair, sizzling, sounding like chicken frying in grease. Pink ribbons, yeah, my cracks have been there from the very beginning. An only child, so to myself, I've been listening. I've always been listening, mainly to the lies, those that are always the first to bubble up, the first to rise. Hugs from invisible self-created friends holding me tight, reassuring me that one day it would end, wanting to fully understand and having no hand, they couldn't beat me in jacks. Burgers and tater tots were therapy for years. That's what I ate every day. On wonder white bread, leaving in the middle round circles of ketchup and grease. That food was my comfort and it was my peace. Given honor to God, who is the head of my life, pastors, saints, and friends. At the age of eight, I could have stood up in front of the congregation because I had already had a testimony. I had already had memories. My grandmother told me to stop listening to that worldly music for the devil will get up all inside of me. And if that's true, then are the devil's men? Because they've been up inside of me. Their hot breath smell of whiskey mixed with moans did long your virginity before 18, making you groan. And if so, if losing your virginity at eight before 18, did it make you groan? If so, then womanhood had already been sown. And if so, I wanted stockings and garters. Oh, if they could just stay here till, if I could just stay little till my carters were out, because I wanted to lift my legs to the heavens and slide my hands down my big immature thigh. Why? I think that would make me smile. Sexy before 16. Crack cocaine in high school, I was the prom queen, drug-induced dream shit. In school, they hated me. I mean, they used to just call me Shelly Shelly with the big fat belly, and I'd laugh along while my heart crushed and grapes transformed into jelly. Hush now, hush, standing in front of an invisible audience. Microphone, a hairbrush. 
With numbered hairs, I'd pull up a chair, dimly lit, light-catching swirls of smoke from cigarettes, mine resting in a gold cigar holder. My beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Bare shoulders glistening from Vaseline, cold, colder, scents keen, and I ain't mad, but I'm mean. For my cracks covered with manipulators, bandages, them bastards, me in bondage to being called every name but a child of God. Blasphemy, those enemies couldn't speak God's name, and I often wondered if he even knew my name. In the words of Della Reese, kiss my whole entire ass, because I'm free at last. Free at last. I'm finally free from my past, from all them de- evil black asses. I wrote a check to myself, and you better believe my ass. I can cash it. Backlash from my cracks, fully exposed, but no longer dirty, for now I have a golden glow. And you know I love them just the way they are, for they, they are my scars of merit because with God on my side through it all I have made it these cracks don't define lack but a queen of diligence power and wisdom and my heavenly daddy who got my back you best believe that straight up and bona fide facts and through all of that there ain't nothing more beautiful than a black woman who ain't afraid to show the world her cracks in peace. I love that poem. I think it's brave. I think it's harsh. I think that there's parts that are beautiful and brutal and it just has such strength. And, you know, I had this image in my mind when you were reading it. And then you got to the part where you said, the golden glow mm-hmm. and it just absolutely solidified the image in my brain but if you you've everybody has seen them before you're walking down the street and there's this great big crack in the sidewalk and it's dirty and the streets are dirty but they're growing out of the crack is that golden dandelion yes it's like you know you you can pour all your shit on top of me you know it's not it's you know I am my own foundation and I will find a way to grow through that. You know, just, just that, that imagery to me went really well. So if you could like, you know, if you could find someone to take a picture of that to where you own the rights to it, or you take a picture, if you ever saw that, took a picture of it and made it a black and white picture Mm. and had that opposite that poem, I think it would be really, really powerful. That was amazing to hear. I am so glad you called in and shared that. I can't even tell you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're very welcome. Were you going to read two tonight, hon? Well, I, I, I know that was kind of long, so I will just stick with that one for tonight. All right. Well, please call in more often. Would love to hear more of your work. Absolutely enjoy, enjoy, enjoy beyond what I can explain how much I love hearing you read. So do me a favor you. before you take off, though. Tell everyone how they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, 
um, under Shelly Y. Fowler. My name will be Aji in parentheses, which is A-J-E-E. And I'm also on Instagram under Aji the Poet, Reincarnated Queen. And um, I have uh, two books out on Amazon. I also have two CDs, and I'm working on a third CD right now. If you, well, if you think me, about it, see. put the links to those on my page if you would like. Kind of think of it like the, the bulletin board inside the coffee shop. You know, you're more than welcome to put that on my page and so people can find it easily, too. Thank you. And I also sent you a track. So um, I'll, um, one of my How long ago? that I'll be doing. Just just now, not too long ago. Oh. Probably about an, half an hour ago. No, no. Very, okay, very things get buried in my email so fast. That <laughs> not, I mean, I found one on there that was sent four years ago. Didn't I feel like shit? <laughs> oh, how did no, I miss I that? Recently, <laughs> so, okay. yes, I will allow the poets to sit. And thank you so much for the opportunity to share um, that piece on your show tonight. And um, God bless. Absolutely our pleasure, honey. Thank you for being here. Appreciate you so much. Bye-bye, honey. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, next caller. Let's go ahead and give the next couple ones. 215-815-323-202. All right, next caller, 215, are you with me? Hello, hello, hello. Dear. Hey, 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 baby, baby. How you doing, Nala? This is your boy, for real, the poet, the real and true complicated passions. I don't know who that <laughs> other guy was. <laughs> Shout out to it my is. big brother, um, Benjamin Rains. What's going on? Hey, baby. <laughs> it is very good to hear from you, sweetheart. Hey, thank you, thank you. I'm in, I'm truly in, enjoying the program. Um, I wrote down your prompts and things. I'm going to see what I can do with that this week, if I can sit in the classroom with the cool kids. <laughs> oh, I hope you do. You know, I, I really have fun doing those, and it usually takes up, you know, 20 minutes at the beginning of the show for me to get through all of, all of my announcements and, and all of the prompts and stuff like that. And so I really hope that that's not wasted time. I hope that you guys have fun with those once in a while. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's, it's stimuli, you know. Just listening to you read those offers, doing something, I was already involved in the in the project, you know. And I was oh, actually walking walking home from the Chinese store, you know, getting some food. Um, and I was working on it in my head. I was like, okay, interesting, interesting. So it's it's good. I'm glad you do what you do. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. I can't wait to see if it turns into something. And if it doesn't, that okay? That's okay because I will have more for you next week. <laughs> hey, and you know what? I, I have to add, when the guy came on singing the traffic light song, that I was like, oh my God, that's gonna stick with my head too. That's gonna stick in my head. Right. Oh. I still hear it. I still hear it, and I don't like clowns either. <laughs> <laughs> can't do clowns. Me neither. No. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. I hate him. Yeah. There's something wrong. I, I can't. Wrong. You know, I, 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 I didn't have a problem with him until I think that movie came out um, with the killer clowns and stuff like that. That changed my life. It was really little. And it was Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey's circuses. They were going away. It was the very last year they were ever in existence. And I was real little. And 
my parents took me, right? And this clown came over and tried to pick me up. And I lost my ever-loving mind. And I have been terrified of him ever since. You know, this weird, big, yeah. creepy man with makeup. Yeah. I don't know who was under there. I mean, they're just creepy. Uh-uh. Ugh. Yeah. I can I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And shout out to um Shelly Fowler who just got off the mic by the way. That's one of my sisters. Love you, darling. And Gina Storm, by the way, as well. But yeah, darling, I'm glad that I was able to come through. I, I have two pieces I like to share as well. And you know most of my stuff. I call my stuff Harlequin. You always see something else in them, but I, I my my stuff is corny. <laughs> Uh, You know I'm a fan Go ahead and start when you're ready honey Okay thank you dear This first piece is titled um, Captivating Captivating She holds me Holds me captive Still in the way her heart embraces me Soul to soul kissing We Passionately Spiritually long and passionate, mouths that meet, never wanting to release, holding her, she holding me, captivating. This unification of we, finally, a heart that beats just for me. She holds me, she holds me captive, captivating. See, I want to put these lips on her, taste her thoughts, her dreams, taste every bit of her. Bitter or sweet, I just want to kiss her, her whole being, with these lips, just a sip of her, no sugar added, just a little lemon, see, she's my cup of tea, my nectar already sweet she be, see, I just want to kiss her, just a simple kiss. Die between her lips and be reborn between her thighs. Ride off in bliss with her. Closed eyes. Me, her, and Jesus. Write new scriptures. Envision heaven. Experience universal vibrations. Sensual sensations. Reach for the stars on tippy-toe. Free from gravity. Levitate. Leave this earth. Dance on the moon, her and me. Together. As I kiss her, kiss her, yes, I want to grab passion's ladder, climb up inside of her and kiss her from the inside where her heart lies, kissing her, holding her softly feathered, her skin, my skin, skin to skin, wearing each other like sweaters, dressed in warmth, her lips, my lips, lip to lip, meet as we kiss life together, we kiss life together. But first, after I put these lips on her, captivating, she holds me, holds me captive in the way her heart embraces me, soul to soul kissing we, spiritually long and passionate, mouths that meet never wanting to release, holding her, she holding me, captivating. This unification of we, finally, a heart that beats just for me. See, she holds me. She holds me. She holds me captive. How captivating. In peace. 
you know, the whole, the, next piece. the whole buildup of that one, the whole uh, crescendo of you reading Thank that you. made it very, very, made it very palpable. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Uh, the next You're piece welcome. is titled Fading Picture. <clears throat> Fading Picture. I keep our love in a photographed album where the memories play like heartfelt visuals, keepsakes, forevermores in a sacred place stored, a closed book forever open to the whole of my soul's core, where the deepest, the deepest, the deepest parts of me forever wants to be enchantedly sown and eternally weaved with she, her and me. Picture that. Our love in a photographed album where forever these memories weep for me. These melancholy sobs strums on silken streams of how we harmonize together, her and me. Breathlessly our wantings, our longings, sharing often of how we dreamt of things to be. That was before the arguing. That thirst was never quenched. So much have I not mentioned. The kissing and hugging that played with Father Time felt like eternity. We kissed forever. Hearts pressed together. How the soft lips of life's entanglements left us spent, worn out from these loving moments. She was my energy, my bunny, my heart. I can still feel hers beating. So how could this be that what we once had is now what used to be? Fading is her voice's heart. In the distance singing in this photographed album full of all these abandoned memories. Keepsakes that I keep safe. Not on the wall in some same frame, frame fading. Her photograph I want to last. It's hard to let go of the past. See, I see her face in the clouds. She sits with the most high now. The angels sing now. Hearts weep now. Mind keeps asking why, how. She's not dead. She's still living. But to me she be. I've placed her in heaven. It makes it better to suffer this hell that I've been living. No goodbyes or good riddance, just suddenly missing, falling out of love as easy as it was to fall in it. Picture that. Memories in a frame. Kodaks. Take a picture of that. Everything that love said it would be. Everything that love said it would be. Love said that it would be that breath breathed that brought peace to me. Love said, love said that it would complete me. Said that I would need, need. Said that I would know it by the songs that it would sing to me. Love said that it would be proof in a table set for two. See, she wore my lyrics like a sweater. Warmed and feathered. She left me cold, now alone, heart impaired, one chair to sit and stare. You were once there. It was just a dream. Love lied to me, came to me, then abandoned me, said that I wouldn't need sight to see, said that I would know it by its heartbeat. But within all that was said, no one said that it would then leave me. Like leaves that fall in the fall off trees, leaving behind what used to be. 
branches splinter like misunderstandings. Love said it. Love said it. Love said it. Love said that it. Love said that it would be. That it would be there for me. But you never said that it would be temporary. Then you left like a thief, ran away with a heart full of stolen intimacies. Love, you were everything. Your touch, your scent. Now I stare at a place where you've been. <laughs> Vivid memories escape me. Seasonal just wasn't meant to be. Woke up, shook up, eyes tearing up. It was just a dream. A heart that once lived plentiful. Now there's nothing but poverty. It was all just a dream. Everything that love said it would be. Then I woke up to nothing but faded memories. Back to sleep. Back to sleep. Back to sleep. I want to go back to sleep where love awaits me. Where love awaits me. I keep our love in a photographed album. Picture that. Faded memories. In peace. I want to go back to sleep. I want to go back to sleep. You know, I used I used to think everybody could do this, but I have since found out that not everybody does this. But have you ever had a dream and you get up and you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night or you wake, something wakes you up or you're just not ready to wake up yet because you're having such a good dream that you go back to sleep so you can finish it? Yes, I have. Yes, I that's have. Not, that's not a real common thing. Not a lot of people do that, can do that. And so when I heard that in the poem, somebody that doesn't do that, it would still be impactful. But somebody who does do that knows exactly what you're talking about there. You know, go back to sleep. You know, just let me just let me keep this going just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. You know, it really for me, it really added a kick because of that understanding. It added a kick to the just the whole piece. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. There's a something I wrote that's sort of similar called Tattered Silk one time, and it's about the shoebox that a girl keeps under her bed. And, uh, mm. you know, those faded memories, those, you know, that that one thing that, you know, you open the pages and it's as real as ever. Great write. Yes. Great write on. Thank you, love. Thank you. You're very, very, very welcome. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can show you lots and lots of love. Hey, you can find me under author Larry D. Maddox on Facebook, as well as For Real the Poet Douglas. For Real the Poet, all one word, followed by Douglas on Facebook, or just Google For Real the Poet, and that's that piece. Thank you, Nala. Love you, girl. Love you too, sweetheart. Thank you for being here tonight. Try to make it back up more often if you can, okay? I sure will. All right, sweetheart. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code. We have 815-323-202-850. All right, let's go ahead and grab 851. 851, you're on the air. 815. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Sometimes I'm dyslexic too. Hey, now this Tina Storm. I only do that with numbers. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Me too. I seriously, I have, I, I have a pen it's in a my real hand. Thing. Yeah. And 
And when I read off numbers and I go down the list, I hold the pen at the number so that I have to focus and I move the pen across. So when I'm reading Mm -hmm. these numbers, I have to do that or I get them backwards all the time. And sometimes even when I do. (laughs) I text people like every code, six, last four, because, oh, yeah, (laughs) it's a lot. (laughs) And I will jumble it up. So, yeah, I want to thank all the poets who came on previously. I want to give a disclaimer. I am not a bully. I am, however, (laughs) a poet who loves poetry. And I'm thinking if I'm going to blaze this mic, you may want to as well. And if you didn't know it was available, here's your invitation, ladies and gentlemen. Whether or not you use it is on you, but I like to come here every week. Please do. So, yeah, um, I invited a few folks. But let let me ask you this, okay, because I have hmm. to. So you are one of the most gentle, sweet, wonderful souls. But I also know that if the world stepped up and challenged you, that there is a side of you that's, that's – am I wrong? Oh, I know I'm God. not wrong. Excuse- Right, she is truly evil in a way that most people (laughs) couldn't even comprehend. I mean, sailors would blush, and my mama would flatline. Yeah, for real. See, you can't you can't be this nice without having a breaking point. You know, so it's it's the sweet girls. (laughs) You know, you will never ever you will never ever ever see that side of them, but don't ever doubt that it's there. I remind people of this all the time. My name is Gina Storm, not Gina Ladybug or Butterfly. <laughs> I'm not Gina Fluffy Bunny. <laughs> Bunny Rabbit, right? Yes, ma'am. Know that. Know that. There's a reason. Okay, I'm so I need to know if you're like me. Is the only time that that, per- that that side of you ever really comes out unbridled when you're driving alone? Oh, no. I hate to be in the car by myself. I would probably die or kill people. I would be, yeah, mine, mine, is, mine is these stupid people who risk my life because they're being idiots. You know, no, that's when, that's when the mean side of me comes out. It's like, oh, yeah. you are so off my Christmas card list, dude. I've got your license plate number. You are so not getting jammed from me this year. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's really pleasant compared to what I would say. <laughs> that is absolutely not what I would say, but that's PG appropriate for this show. Following <laughs> people, pulling them over and grabbing them through the window, a whole bunch of other stuff. But, yeah, I'm good. You know, it's one of those things that, I don't know, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes you see so much negativity. You hear so many people who are hurting and disappointed and let down. And suffering and angry, and you were like, you know what, not today. I got this. I'm going to be glittering rainbows, and mostly I am. And in the rare, you know, it's like really rare. Like honestly, like mm-hmm. an eclipse. I know. Uh, I know. When when I'm not. Oh, but when I'm not, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> put your put your young ones and your infirmed away. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. See, I, I, that's Look, what I said, you know, I knew. The conversation always starts like this, 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. And then the next voice you hear G- will be mine. Gina. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, look, a lot of the dispatchers in, in my area code know me. 
they'll be like, oh, not again. What has happened? Oh, that's so funny. All right. Well, let me see what side of you we're going to get tonight. What are you going to read? Oh, how about this? How about this? I'm going to keep out because I wrote a piece because you gave me homework last week. Okay. Um, I was talking about how I grew up with all these brothers and didn't have a sister, you know, biologically. So all of my sisters have been handpicked. And, and, and you explained to Mama Oh, and, and to other listeners that I, we were so sisters, like, honestly, if, if you, you couldn't find a better incarnation of me than you. Like, I, we are the same. The in same so wavelength. Many ways that, yeah. It's, look, it's, it's, it's creepy and freaky. So I named this piece Soul Sisters. I'm doing this, waiting for King's Cape because he wants us to collab for the, our second piece. And he's Do you want me to bring piece. him on? So he, yeah, he should be ready by the time I finish my homework. And I told him I was going to do my homework first since he wasn't ready. Okay. Okay. So piece one will be soul sisters. I don't know what we're doing for piece two, but he he'll, he'll write his. He's going to spit something that he wrote, unless he decides to freestyle, and then I'm going to freestyle and we'll do a storm's cadence after soul sisters. So I'm going to do okay. soul sisters now. All right. But this is my homework from you. So I hope I do well. Soul sisters. <clears throat> my beginning was blessed. Little trauma, or undue stress. The I had the ability to live. Righteously from the beginning I'm talking about day one I had two parents living comfortably In that home The original American dream So it would seem Success was my destiny I was born breached First thing the doctor saw was my feet I hit the ground running so to speak Always smart Later considered a geek Even a blurred translation I'm a black nerd And if you haven't heard me, I'm Sorry, I guess it's all absurd. See, Nala and I will attest to this. There's nothing wrong with being gifted when you're more gray matter than most and you use it regularly. It's probably because we do a lot of breathing and we do a lot of unplugging because we're actually more natural than anything. And right now I'm in my zone because I guess I'm nocturnal and it's a lunar thing. I am sun-sensitive in the daytime, can't be outside, so at night I thrive. I was born into a family with a slew of brothers added to our scenario later, and so the story would go. I was angry every time a new boy would show up. I never got a sister of my own, yet my heart longed for more than a female cousin, someone that I could have a deep connection. My soul was sister-speaking. Poetically speaking, I have Selected several over the years. Many, like myself, have been gifted. They are poets and fans who are genuine supporters and those who know that the reason we do the thing that we do is because we can't help it. We have to flow. Our pens, our voices are united in a cause that is not ours. No, I think it's a gift and we have to give back because the universe demands it. We always knew that we would find each other, too. So I have these hand-selected sisterhoods, and it's been all good because your vibe attracts your tribe, and we're transmitted on the same frequency. See, every other Thursday night, come every week. I know that Nala's getting me. I understood. I underdig all along. See, not like we're hearing a song, but we even have man crushes on the same dude. Oh, yes. 
That's my soul, sister. I assure you, it's the colorless, ethnicity excluded, energy fueled connection that's always going to survive and be fiercely protected. Will never be neglected. Kindred in ways that are important. She is my soul, sister. This is no passing phase. We will dance with charged crystals. We'll release the full moon, sharing our relationship that the universe has provided. We're on a positive wave. We are free and kindred spirits, bohemian, Nick, sometimes hippie. We don't mind because as long as she knows that I got her back and she's got mine, this is what we'll do and we'll ride, my soul sister. I'm Gina Storm. Thank you for indulging me in peace. That was beautiful. I absolutely love it, Gina. Great job on that, honey. Soul sisters for sure. Absolutely. Thank you for the homework. It gave me a chance to write something. <laughs> You're very welcome. My pleasure. I will continue. Oh, the struggle. So most of that was actually the piece that I wrote. A lot of it popped up because it just did. But for the most part, you actually are my sister that my parents didn't give birth to. So thank you. You're welcome. Any, Let's grab your oh, other wait, half. You, oh, yes, 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 please. I know. I wanted to. I wanted to ask you if I got this right. I wanted to do one of these two homework assignments for next week. Is it eating the bitter parts? Yeah, eating the bitter parts. Like, say you had an orange okay. and it was in parts. So eating the bitter parts. That's one. The bitter and then parts. the other that I like. The other one that spoke to me was lightning in the willow. Thunder in the willows. Oh, thunder in the willows. I didn't know if it was thunder or lightning, but it's supposed to be. If you change it to lightning, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, I want to do the assignment because if somebody else chooses that, I want to see how our piece is different. So I'm encouraged. I need more work. Thunder in the willows. I thank you. I write in my notebook every day. I still haven't mastered haiku. I feel like I'm retarded that way. But um, what I do love about you is the homework because I try to do it when you give it. So, yeah, thank you. I'm so proud so, yeah, of thank I'm, I'm you. Thank sure you. That makes me happy. Thank you. Thank you, sis. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure right. King's Cadence wants to do a collab. Yeah. King, are you on there, honey? We need We need Gina's better half. King, are you with us? 202? It's 202, right? He can't fix it. Yeah, it's 202. Um, okay. He can't then fix let it. Me, let me put him on hold. Let's bring on, uh, stay here with me and host this next call. Let's go ahead and bring on area code 323 because he's been, he's been, I am very excited about this call. Absolutely. 323, you are on the air. What's up, hey, man? baby. This is probably uh, been like seven, eight, nine years, I think, since I've been on this. You know, I'm really glad Gina kind of hung around with me because she brought a couple of people to the show tonight. Oh, telemarketers. Um, but, sorry about that. Um, a couple of people on the show tonight that haven't been here in a long time either. And I was sitting here getting ready for the show tonight, and on my stream popped up this video. Okay. Yeah, I have me singing a song I haven't sang in probably 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep, of you singing a song. And I thought, what? No, wait. <laughs> so I sent him a message that said, um, get your butt on my show tonight and read. 
So he well, got I mean, to see I'm, the, I'm he got friends. to see that, I mean, that side of his like, uh, butt on the show. <laughs> You are how I met Michael, and I'm partnering up with Michael. He does all my film posters. He's the webmaster of my uh, website for my uh, feature film that we shoot. Uh, well, it's been delayed now because of the virus, so probably beginning of next year in New Mexico, it'll be my first major feature, and he's the one that created the whole website for it. And So uh, Mr. Quigg has you know, uh, become a very integral part to my art, So, and I met him through... Speakeasy, mm-hmm. probably what, twelve years ago, eleven, twelve years ago. Yeah, yeah, you've been. Um, here. I knew you before I ever started. I was reading your work before I ever started the Speakeasy. I was listening to you on on radio shows and things like that because you were doing shows before. Yeah, and mine. I do a talk show now too. I, yeah. I, I think maybe you've seen it on there. Storm Crow Dreamers talking to Dreamers uh, on Facebook, but um, yeah, I mean it's just because I don't like do poetry. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, you know my history, but I mean, I started as a poet thirty years ago, what, nineteen ninety. And uh, slam poetry and all that stuff. And then I went from that to uh, bands and music for like 12 years. And then I went from that in like 2008, transitioned into film. Um, and I don't write poetry very often anymore. I mean, every once in a while, I think I wrote the first thing I've written in six months, like a week ago or something like that. Uh, just because my energy is more towards um, film. You know, I talk about that a lot. I don't think you were here when I started the... Uh, show and I and I do the homework and stuff, but a lot of the stuff that I give people to do has nothing to do with poetry, because we poetry is something that we do. It's not what we are. We are we are not just poets. We are writers. We are creative human beings. We have you know we will find lots of creative outlets for our passions if we follow them, and not try to girdle ourselves in to a label. I am a poet, oh. therefore I only write poetry. And you don't do that. You explore your passions. You explore your creativity. And that's something I admire so much about you. Although true, though, I still consider myself a poet. I mean, I think the only reason my filmmaking right out of the get-go, I think I've shot like 16 short films now. I, I think the only reason it's resonated uh, beautifully and blessedly with so many people and why I've been able to get nominations, that kind of stuff, is because of the unique voice I bring to it, which all comes from my entire background as a poet. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I brought all the things I learned as, as being able to write poetry and lyrics and brought mm-hmm. that lyrical poetic style into dialogue which makes then therefore the dialogue unique and then therefore memorable. So I think that's, you know, it's a big part of one led to the other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. So, so I mean, it's, I never, I never, just, I never, t- and I don't think I ever would take away the, that aspect of my beginnings and, and where I started. I, I, I think it's a, highly respectable title poet um i think some it people is. are a little too it quick is. to give themselves that title are. but it's not all you no, are no i mean point. you know it's like da vinci you know da vinci's one of probably my heroes because i mean that guy was like a master whatever the hell he decided he wanted to do mm-hmm. um like i was a exactly. painter a inventor an artist i mean uh you know I, whatever he, the hell that guy he wanted to become a swordsman all of a sudden he became a master swordsman i mean you know it's sign of the times that he knew swords back then but anyway <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm just saying, and that was the versatility is what I find the most intriguing, um, 
And a lot of times the artists I like the most is, are the ones that are versatile. Like I love um, Poe because he would write uh, plays and poetry and lyrics. The same thing with Yates. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, they they wrote all sorts of stuff. So, but yes, I agree with you. If you say you're a writer, you should be able to write anything. Um, but I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, though I got out of poetry for a little bit because I had left it when I was doing music and I left it for a few years. And, uh, although I saw Snyder on your, um, chat room, although that, that chat room is kind of ghostly, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's funny because I used to help run a open mic way back when in Orange County with a beautiful poet by the name of John Gardner, who has since passed a few years ago. Um, and I believe that Snyder was actually a, uh, featured reader there once, but, uh, that was interesting, uh, flashback, but anyway, I don't want to take up all your time. Um, you know, I love you and all that you do. I apologize that it's been, you know, like, uh, seven, eight years since I've been here, but, uh, <laughs> uh that's okay. You know, Cause you know, it doesn't matter. There's, there's always a place for you set at the table, even when you're not here. Even when you're not here, you're with it. Yeah, like you know, life skips fat past but in a blink. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, it happens. But I'm gonna do two poems real quick. Uh, the first poem is kind of an amalgam lyrics poem. Uh, but the reason I'm doing it is it's actually even though I wrote it, I don't know, right, a decade ago. It's inspired the actual current um, feature film I'm working on writing right now. Uh, that's a supernatural horror. It's actually this piece is what inspired me to then create the world and want to write a feature uh, based on it. But anyway, uh, it's called Sammy Bones. Sammy Bones was born on the night of a half moon at the door of an orphanage to a young girl with a story of needles and black and blue daddy dreams. Her life was the price to deliver her boy into the mud, her last exhale his name, and from her falling hands a beat-up old harmonica. Sammy Bones grew up on the coin streets of a shadow's well, blowing blues to jacked-up cartoons of alley cats and junkies with baking hats. He could have been a good kid in a different world with different sins, could have been a movie star on the hard-earned avenues that showed all cars, but these fantasies didn't spell reality for his backwoods dust trails. He was Sammy Bones, the black-and-blue half-moon teller of tales. At his first steps, he learned how to make bets about the outcome of people's dreams, looking to be jet-set. They fall. They always fall. Scattered along the stars of a melancholy wind, as Sammy Bones smiles, slipping his finger to fate and blowing a deep, dark tune on a beat-up harp to the trembling of divinity, with a half-moon in his eyes and a grin shooting needles to the downtrodden gatherers of hope. His flesh grasped a man's limbs, rolling rackets along seedy corners, pulling green from the sky, watching limos and starlets drive by. Bones dropped from his eyes, uh, tricking luck with grease-monkey lies, and his name became legend on the block. They said Sammy Bones is going to roll this town with golden tickets to wherever he is bound, but he ain't going to live long. Nah, he ain't going to live long, tick-tock, tick-tock. He took his shots with a crackerjack pistol and lifted his feet to red carpet streets, leaving a broken trail of dreams. He became a mover and a shaker, a half-moon myth of bones and mists with brothels and smoke jazz taverns as his front stores for heroin fables and fantasy room labels and porn star movie makers. He became the legend the roll calls of destiny had woven for him, yet still his heart heaved melancholy dreams and tears etched themselves in the songs he blew into the night. 
Sammy Bones grew up in the coin streets of the shadows, whale-blowing blues to jacked-up cartoons of alley cats and junkies with begging hats. He could have been a good kid in a different world with different sins, could have been a movie star on the hard-earned avenues of showdown cars, but these fantasies didn't spell realities for his backwoods dust trails. He was Sammy Bones, a black-and-blue half-moon teller of tales. On a midnight stroll with the sky slitted gray and the alleys howling against the heavy falling rain, Sammy Bones was shot twice, once in the heart and once in the head by a jacked-up junkie wanting what a legend had. And the world wailed against the fabric of a half-moon for a black-and-blue daddy dream that left the world way too soon. But as Sammy walked the last golden brick road of a forever trail, he woke to the truth of his heart spelling hope in the runes of his unfinished tale. Love is the story he most hungered to feel, so much so he wished he could hit rewind and rerun the reel. To give gifts of pedals to broken-down junkies instead of crackerjack pistols to money-driven flunkies. For that was the dream his mama had wished for her only boy he knew, yet he had instead chosen to fall. Fall. His screams echoed against the dwindling world, and his bones rattled serendipity to the cascade of sand falling through open eyes. They say you can still hear Sammy Bones blowing half-moon kisses through beaten-up harps in the back alleys of dreams on quiet nights in the deep shadows of streets. Is that Ann Palm? That is Ann Palm, yeah. That was flipping amazing. Gina, do you want to comment? I do. Are you still with me? Uh, I love the wordplay. I, I, I am. I love the wordplay so much that I couldn't even pull out a phrase that I loved as much as one more than the other. But what I loved about it was this. When people tell a visual story and I feel like I was there. Mm-hmm. That's my vibe. And I dig that. And he may think that he's lots of other things, but he's definitely still a poet. Bravo. I appreciate it. You see, do you see why I I said get your ass on the show tonight? Well, I didn't say ass. I said butt. But do you see why when I when I saw him pop up online today, it was like you get your butt over here to this show. Oh We've yeah. missed you long enough. We need that. Thank <laughs> you that, I, so I, much. I it. We, that was a great gift. Yeah, well, that's what inspired the feature I'm working on now. The main villain is a guy named Sammy Bones, who basically takes that poem like it's a song from a an 80s band that he's somehow fixated on and he's a serial killer. And then, but it goes off into uh, purgatory, the log line for it. It's called death, adore night eternal. And the log line for it is uh, the main hero. Um, it's a man fails his family in life, but he won't fail them in death. Wow. Wow. You're going to okay. have to, I want to keep us posted on that project. Would you? Absolutely. We need details. Yeah, I'll, post, uh, I, I'll post an excerpt from it when I get done uh, with this last poem and when I get done because I'm going to listen to some more of your uh, poets although I'm going to listen to it on the website because this phone has now been on my head for like almost two hours so is it getting hot like against uh, your ear and I'll stuff? listen I'll listen to it on the uh, actual cafe but uh, I <laughs> okay. still want to listen to some more poets but when I get done with all that I'll post up uh, on Facebook a excerpt from the feature but um I'm going to end with this last piece and this is the one I, I mentioned that I wrote last week and it's probably the first poem I've written in, I don't know, six months. Uh, but it's called uh, Plato's Truth is Still a Truth. People are brittle, blind creatures tossed around by thermal winds blown by New Age Plato puppeteers. Still frozen in caves with shadow TVs playing in loops centuries old. And the walls are breathing 
Leaders mouth gargle themselves, perpetual raises and gifts in perpetuity, money shifting in pockets from corporate hands while carving tablets with bricks meant to bruise the small ones on bottom rungs. And their smile is pearly white on promotional campaigns with a handshake always primed. Media purloined and chop suey coined in the sheet candy to foolhardy follow the yellow brick path, now cracked and rotting but with a nice new coat of paint. Keep the rage on the stage, keep picking on scabs forever bleeding, new cuts applicable when needed, viewer's choice. And as we cannibalize ourselves, men in tweed suits continue to count the sounds of silver dropping in endless buckets. Cha-ching. Let's bring the party favors and celebrate the reckoning of silent acceptance. Little Bo Peep is the heroine of the moment. Spun and rewind over and over. At least a record would eventually get scratched with overplay. Pave the way. Open up the crowds and throw pepper spray as a tribute to honest unrest. Outdated in today's lip service caricature of caring. Loot some Louis Vuitton and call it a day. The film is in the theaters. Billions have been spent on marketing. Kick back with some popcorn and watch the dissolution of the American dream. It's a riot, a real wing-dinger, a hoot and a half. Calves are on the altar, knife raised, blood pouring in abundance. The show is about to begin. Quiet, please. Turn your cell phones off. Your grave is waiting, is really moving, brings tears to the eyes. That's all, folks. Show your ticket stubs when exiting. Wow. You don't say end poem, so I don't know if I can talk or if it's a dramatic pause. <laughs> I don't that... know. And when you say end poem, that just kind of like kind of ends the whole, uh, it ruins the whole end line. But you say end poem. Oh, that was you intense. You gotta let people uh, slowly exit the poem, man, in their own violation. You did. Violation. You did. I'm sitting there going, "Do I exhale yet? Do I exhale yet?" <laughs> if you say end poem, all of a sudden you just. This is the number one rule I tell every filmmaker, and, it, and it's the same for poetry. It's the same for novel writing. It's the same for video games. It's the same for anything. Number one rule: Do not ever break immersion in the world you created think I like that. Don't do anything that pulls people out of the world you created because as soon as they, you, you do something that breaks your immersion, you've lost that person. I think I have to agree with you. Gina, do you want to comment, honey? Of course I do. Um, a lot of times when I don't know what's going on in the piece, I step away from it and think, you know what, this isn't me. So I need to not try to overthink it, just allow it to be. And then his statement put a bow on my thoughts. So I'm very happy again that he had two pieces to share because he is, in fact, a poet. Incredible. Yeah, I don't know. I'll always be a poet. That was my beginning. Although, you know, we are always what we are, man. I, I, I think we are always what we are. It just depends on how long it takes us to find it. Because, like, literally, since I was a wee lad, I was always a loner, weird, strange, whatever. 
but even when I was a wee lad, uh, I was creating in my room uh, with my Star Wars action figures. And, yes, I'm old enough to, like, actually have those figures when they first came out, um, like 77 or 78. But um, And I had, like, four different worlds I had. I had, like, 20 figures, and I had, like, four different worlds for each. And then each figure had a different personality based on which world I was using at the time. And I had overplots and underplots. And, and then I would read novels, <laughs> and then I'd play Dungeons & Dragons, but right. I didn't have friends. <laughs> I didn't have friends to play Dungeons & Dragons with. So, literally, I would create, like, Hating 30 characters, friends. read all the world history, and, and then create all these stories in my head based on all these characters I created, you know. And so it was, it just, I, I moved to poetry when I was 17 or 18. So, I mean, but literally I was doing the same thing since I can, since I was breathing, I think. So I've got a prompt for you that I gave out weeks and weeks ago, and I'm not going to tell you why I'm giving you this prompt. I'm just going to give you the prompt. And if it grows into something awesome. Why, why, why everyone needs a little glass cock in their life. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> well, that really wasn't uh, where I was going, but you know. <laughs> no, it's the prompt is actually my last name. That's actually my last name. So yeah, uh, yeah, and it's my real last name. So you know, I'm allowed to make fun of my own last name. Damn Scots, man! Why the fuck would a Scottish clan go? Hey, Glasscock, that's a good fucking clan name. I right, go ahead though. You know, I think that I am not going to. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so grab a piece of paper and write this down real quick. But there's a reason I'm giving you this, and I really want to see what you do with it. You ready? Besides trying to coerce me to come back? Well, that's part of my madness, yes. Yeah, go ahead. But, you know, I'm I, I, I'm obvious in my diabolical plotting. Um, yes. Things, the word things, the prompt is uh-huh. things the fairies stole. Things the fairies stole. Although I might, I might move that over to she, but yeah. I think she was the actual term used way back in Gaelic to reference fairies, but yeah. I think it's spelled what? S-I-D-H-E? I'm not oh. sure the exact spelling, which well, my Gaelic ancestors would uh, be very yeah, upset I'll with me over. With. I just, there's a I'll reason. There's a reason I gave you that. Um, so if you do write something like to bring it back, Fowler, then I'll tell you. Who? Fowler, is that her name? Mm-hmm. A lady with uh, kiss my whole entire ass, I'm free at last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that girl had some skill, man. She did. She's amazing. All right, darling. I am really right, glad anyway, that you asked my people. advice. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you came over. I'm glad you had the time and you hung out this long and got on the air. I really, I really missed you. I mean, you, you've been around a long, long time. We have, we have a lot of history together, and I really am a fan of yours, and love the way I that you write. It. And so, thank you, thank you so much. And you guys, I appreciate go, it. Well, big love to everybody. And hey, if they ever need advice uh, or need help with anything or whatever, if it's in my ability to do, I'll do so. Um, but JD Glasscock. Uh, just go on Instagram, J.D. Glasscock, exactly how it sounds is how you spell it. Uh, my initials, J.D., uh, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, but I think I'm almost at the max because uh, i got a lot of actors and film people that always are adding me. But uh, So I think uh, I'm at the max as far as um, or close to it. 
So I might not be able to add you on Facebook. You can hit me on Instagram, um, or you can just you can still message me on Facebook. Okay, but uh, anyway, big love to you. I'm gonna walk Lola, my dog, and then I'm gonna come back and listen <laughs> to some more poems. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much for being here tonight. All right, big love and uh, blessings to all the other uh, wordsmiths that are gonna spit out. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. All right, soon. Bye bye. All right. So that was Mr. J.D. Glasscock. Make sure you go check him out. He also writes scripts and things like that for movies. And to, to help, I was reading that on his page, to help him and Lola, his puppy who he is walking right now. Um, but there was a post talking about doing uh, professional script writing and things like that. So if that's something that you're interested in. All right, so Gina, are you with me, honey? I am, in fact, with you. All right, let's grab... Mr. King Cadence, are you with us? I was getting a message from him in real time and can't find it. La la la, this is my oh, old music. <laughs> are you there, hon? Yeah, I'm 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 here. I'm just um like I told baby, I'm just I'm having a real you know, I have some breathing issues right now, so. Okay. So do you want to just keep listening, sweetheart? Yeah, I'm just going to listen. And, um, and baby, you know, baby baby has things. All right. You take, yeah, you relax. Take care of what you need to take care of. I'm really glad you're here. I'll put you back on hold so you can listen. And just love you, sweetheart. Hugs from all of us, okay? Thank you, baby. Okay. Love you. Oh, so much love in that man's corner. All right, so Miss Gina, thank you for hanging out with me, and I am glad to know that King is here with us tonight. What would you like to share? Always in spirit, even if he can't call into the show. I'm going to do something for him in his absence. Oh, okay. You're going to like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you, you'll like this one. This, this is going to be a nod to an earlier conversation this evening. And then I'm going to be out the way because I know we still got other poets listening, waiting, wanting to get in, and I don't want to burn too much more of the evening. So I'm going to title this one. I was listening to poetry earlier, and it was something mentioned that was alarming to me. And it's one of those things because I started watching so prior to that, for all things creepy, like clowns, for example. You know that it's called gophobia when you're afraid of clowns, like oh, C-O-U-L-R-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. You know why I know how to spell it? Because it's creepy as clowns that I hate. And here's the thing. Ooh, I remember being a Stephen King fan and reading it, and then I realized that Pennywise was one of those creepy clowns. Oh, my God. Something occurred to me. There are other things in life that are creepy. And so once upon a time, so many times in my life, I ran into some of those creeps in real life. They weren't wearing the makeup, no big floppy shoes, no red nose, no rainbow wig. There were no clues. Yet they had the same kind of creepiness that those clowns have to me. I would get that feeling in the tip pit of my tummy, my hands would get sweaty and start shaking immediately. I would get chills all over my body, have difficulty breathing, and then I realized 
that I had to become friends with the boogeyman in my closet, the monster under my bed. I cracked my neck, my back, my knuckles too. And I stood up to the boogeyman and I said, surprise. <laughs> he passed out. I called 911. I'm Gina Storm. And that's what I do in peace. <laughs> I love it. Yes, yes, yes. So clowns, <laughs> evil clowns. Oh, evil clowns. I didn't even know that there was as many people afraid of them as I was. It's clowns in general, though. Um, I actually have one. I was an at-home player on the Bozo show. I live in the Chicago suburb and won everything that the on-air child did. It was all, you know, shipped to my house Woo-hoo! and winning. And I had the opportunity to also go to meet Cookie the Crown and Bozo, and I, I passed. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah, it's not just the scary clowns. I don't like any clowns. clowns no clowns. At all. Absolutely. Me neither. Nope. Yeah, I, I don't mess with clowns, mimes, and there is a short list, but clowns and mimes are definitely at the top. <laughs> so I want to thank you for letting me hang out. You know, we're Storm's Cadence. I'm Gina Storm. He's King's Cadence. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook. He's King's Cadence, spell creatively with a K. I'm Gina with an E, like the inclement weather. We'll be back next week. Love you, Nyla. One love, one mic. Love you too, sweetheart. Thank you for tonight. Great job, honey. You're welcome. I'm humble. Bye-bye, sweetheart. Love to both of them, King Cadence, Gina Storm. Amazing people. Very dear in our hearts. Okay. Our next caller, we have 16 minutes left, and we have one, two, three callers. Comments to the minimum. Make sure they get everything done that they need to say. Let's go ahead and bring on 850. 850, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? Oh, not too bad. Sitting at home watching the campfire burn now. Oh, that sounds so good. Oh, it is. Trust me, it is. I try to do it as often as possible, but oh, after hard days of work, and uh, it's very peaceful to sit here and just enjoy it. I bet. I bet. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody, honey, and tell me what you brought tonight. Okay, uh, my name's uh, Michael Ingeseth, Uh and I brought a piece that I've been waiting a year for to come back around on my Facebook page. Uh, normally, when I post poetry, I put a picture up first and then put the poem onto the page so that if I can go into my picture section, pull up the picture, and have, you know, my poetry is available. Well, this one I did the opposite. I posted the poem first and added the picture, and it kind of disappeared down the pages because I'm a <laughs> fairly frequent poster. I'm, you know, as far as, you know, posting on Facebook and all, I've put a lot of memes and shit out. So I lost this one. And it just so happened to be today is the day it come up. So, uh, this is called Grateful Again, and it was written for Eckert's blogophilia. 
which is a group on Facebook that, you know, uh, has weekly challenges and all with prompts and stuff like that. Okay, uh, this is called Grateful Again. I've tried three times to heed the call, borne on the electronic winds. A cry for me to come and play with dear and distant friends. There's puzzles, games, and photographs, and prompts of every hue. Just bring your creativity and let's see what you can do. Alas, there lies the rub, my friends. I'm dependent on my muse. And lately, every time I've asked her out, she's cattily refused. While she's often temperamental, she will usually comply, which is why I stand in quandary alone upon this bridge and sigh, watching the reflected moonlight ripple over the foaming, splashing waves, letting the slow, mesmeric patterns seek new balance in their phase, flowing patterns that express desire as my muse begins to her dance that leaves my poor poetic soul stunned, enthralled, entranced. I hear my heart's cry briefly as it expresses its delight that we'll have our cake and eat it too as we dance away into the night. I watch the moon set on the water as another glorious day comes to an end thankful for the camaraderie and the inspiration of my friends. Without the seeds you plant in me, my garden wouldn't grow. And for this, I'm always grateful. And I just wanted you to know. Thank you all again. End of poem. That was incredible. I just love that the whole way the process of inspiration and just that was incredible. Beautifully, beautifully yeah, written. Well, I wouldn't have been able to write, like, I mean, a fairly truthful poem. I tried and I tried, tried to get one for that week's uh, blog and, mm-hmm. you know, you just like clutch sometimes and nothing, you know, you get on something and you follow it and it doesn't work out. And okay, fine. I'll try something else and, you know, flip words, whatever. Uh-huh. But this one was inspired by, I have a friend that does graphic arts and she posted a picture. I don't know if it was herself or whoever, I mean, her name is Carol Amro. She's uh, lives up in Canada. And she posted a picture of a woman and put a lot of swirly lines in it. And I was flipping, you know, I was basically brain farting and couldn't seem to get something up. And <laughs> I was scrolling through Facebook and that, uh-huh. the picture topped up and I'm just like, whoa. I mean, I sat there and studied it and it just, you know, basically screams a dance and that's started my thoughts flowing and, came up with that one so i love Isn't my friends the whole I mean, process of everybody inspiration is just amazing isn't it mm-hmm. well i mean just about everything i write has been inspired by somebody you know or something mm-hmm. but 
more often than not, somebody says something, does something, you know. You've been you've been an inspiration to me for years. I remember back in, in Facebook or MySpace days. Forgive me. <laughs> I used to love the, uh, your your prompts and stuff like. Oh, I still do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, back in those days, it was just like free flowing and all. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I am so glad. Are you going to read a second one for me, baby? Uh. Do you have two to read tonight? I would have to do it from memory. I, I just bought willing, a new I'm phone willing. that actually that actually allows me to be on the web and you know doing stuff and keep my phone call going. My last one would you either talk or you get on the web. Am I uh, one of the last people in the world that doesn't use their phones? I I mean I still have my big desktop computer. I couldn't imagine doing what I oh. do on my desktop on a phone. I just couldn't. Nyla, you're a dinosaur. What? I am. But that's okay. I, I like dinosaurs. I am one myself. <laughs> so I, no, I, I just I just bought a new phone, and I'm so happy with it. I mean, it's got beautiful fucking, uh, forgive my language, beautiful camera. I mean, just excellent. And I'm so happy to be able to be talking on the phone with somebody. And, you know, like I say, I, I had to draw that one up from my, my Facebook page because, like I say, it came back around on the memories after mm-hmm. you. Uh, yeah, I can do another one. Like I say, this this one will have to be from memory, and it's an older one. Uh, actually, speaking of inspiration, I'll give you one guess as to who inspired this poem. This is from, like I say, from Facebook days. Okay. Uh, the title's changed over the years. Uh, right now, it's just basically a simple prayer for all. Build me a bridge to understanding that spans these crevices of ignorance of mine and will allow me contemplation of the flow of everything that contributes to the pools within my mind. Allow the streams of thought to flow unfettered as I cleanse my heart of much of life's debris, carrying it to a hole that's been dug into my soul and depositing it on its banks so I can see. Take the bodies of all noble thoughts long fallen. Strip off the rotten wood and bark along the way, so that the beauty of the dreams that exists in everything is brought out and can be put upon display. Allow the troubled hearts that walk this path beside me to find solace in the things the stream reveals. Maybe marveling to find that with a gentle flow of time, even the deepest wounds of any soul will heal. End of poem. So where'd that one come from? That one came from a picture prompt from you. Really? Uh, Melno- Melnoma, Melnoma Falls. Multnoma Falls. Uh, or yeah, however you say it. I, bad about memory. Uh, I can't remember if it was uh, CCPC or what. Uh, I can't remember which way, whether it was a pub or 
Poetry Nest, or you were hosting that, and you picked you put a picture of the falls out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, had the bridge, and it had a big old piece of driftwood laying right down below the bridge. I know exactly which like picture you're talking about. Yep. Okay. That was at and I'm a driftwood freak. I live. On, I live on the river. My yard is decorated from logs and pieces of driftwood and stuff like that. And it just, that one just really, really spoke to me. I, I cannot believe that you know that poem by heart, but remember that picture and just happen to know that poem. Uh, that's just, that's insane to me. That's awesome. That was amazing. That, that, that's a prayer. I, a, a lot of times I write what I consider or call prayers. And I memorize them because, you know, there are times in your life when you get down or things just ain't going right. And if you have something inspiring that you can say to yourself or just repeat, you know, it comes in handy. I mean, I only have like maybe three or four of my poems that I know by heart, but that just happens to be one of them. And one of my favorites. No, I mean, it just. It's, it's one of my favorites. Like I say, I love the ones that people, my friends, have inspired in me. I'm kind of partial to them, I guess you should say, or you could say. <laughs> that just, that and, just, just you, you know, I love you, Nyla. I, I, we, we've been friends for years, even if, if it is over these damn electronic devices. One day hey, I'm going to make it up that way, and I'm going to give you a call and say, hey, let's go sit down <laughs> somewhere and have a cup of coffee or a beer or something. And I'll be there. <laughs> All right, baby. Tell everyone how they can come visit with you, honey. Okay, well, unless you want to come down to uh, Pensacola, Florida, and visit me on the river, which y'all are always welcome to come by, uh, the only place you can find me is on Facebook. My name is Michael Wayne Ingeseth. The last name is E-N-G-E-S-E-T-H. Uh, I am thinking about setting up setting another page and going back to my old sea turtle handle, but until that time. Sea turtle. I remember. I, I remember that. My mm-hmm. sea turtle. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, my darling man who I adore so much. Thank you. I am so glad you came on tonight. Please try to make it on more often. I'm not going to be greedy, but I really am. Oh, I understand. Just uh, <laughs> I'm kind of, I don't have a steady job, so I grab them when I can, and I tend to work late. But I, I, I pop in from time to time to listen. I just a lot of times can't hang around, you know, long enough, you know, long enough to, to participate. But I love listening to everybody. Oh, and uh, the the conversation you had with Tina earlier about the crazy crazy drivers out on the road. Mm-hmm. That's that's what pennies are for. <laughs> what do you do with the hey? pennies? Yeah, flip them out the windows at the frickin' idiots. <laughs> and if and if worst case scenario, you actually get pulled over for it, then you sit there before the judge and say, "I don't know where it come from, Your Honor. Pennies from heaven? Reasonable doubt. 
Reasonable doubt. Maybe, That's maybe, all maybe you my, need. Maybe my tire kicked it up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. No, I didn't throw that roll of pennies you know, at their they windshield. Were, they, were, they were driving like crazy, and I couldn't figure out what they were thinking, so I gave them a penny for their thoughts so I could find out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and they got paid. Why are they complaining? Uh-huh. Exactly. It works perfect. All right, my darling. Thank you so much, honey, for calling in tonight. Appreciate you so much. You're just my sweetheart. Thank you. God, thank you for listening. You're welcome. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Hopefully we'll see you next week or hear you next week. All right, week. honey. <laughs> thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's go ahead and grab. We have area code 419, then 216. 419, you're on the air. Hey, Nala. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am very, very well. I am very glad to hear from you. Yes, I'm glad to be here. So I'm going to do, I'm going to do, actually, I've done this one before, but uh, I want to do it because tomorrow is uh, Juneteenth. Uh, It's called Brother to Brother. Brother to brother, I say to you, my brother from the motherland of my ancestors, we met on foreign soil where turmoil and strife were everyday life. We were bound by the common ground of our heritage to share experiences of the same kind. From the primitive mind of that unrefined coagulation of a nation that mocked the texture of our skin with a stabbing grin behind our back, only because of a lack of understanding. Brother to brother. I say to my brother from the motherland of my heritage, unknown to me because it was stolen from the fathers of my father's father and suppressed by those blue-eyed creatures of virtue that preyed upon us and turned us into cattle and sheep that caused black mothers to weep in dark corners of dingy wooden sheds on straw beds, praying that the child inside them would never be born in that forlorn place of human disgrace. But yet, we kindled when we met. And centuries of forgotten past came fast with new meaning and deeper understanding. Brother to brother, I say to you, my brother, motherland of my beginning, Howard was the cradle of civilization, a nation of great kings from whence came the minds of Solomon, Mali, and Tut. The shadows of our temples cast upon the Nile to the songs of birds, the roar of lions, and the splash of crocodiles. The jungles nourished us and shielded us from the elements. Yet we became elements of one another, and civilization was the culprit. Brother to brother, I say to you, my brother, from the motherland I have never seen but know, we met on foreign soil. We discussed Garvey. We listened to Olatundi and Coltrane. We talked about life, death, joy, pain, and the fate, love, and fate, love and hate, and the fate of black people. We drank rum and coke and spoke of our ambitions gave definitions to things that we could never understand, and we became friends. Friends. You know, for me, I don't know what it says politically, but for me, that's, I think about, I mean, that last line was the perfect, perfect ending. We became Mm -hmm. friends. But I think about things, all the conflicts in the world, all the wars, all the, you know, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, I have a, a friend. Um, his name is Phil Chetty Coker. He's a he's an internationally known poet. Um, 
and uh, I met him in the Philippines. He was he was teaching there when I was attending the University of Philippines. We became really good friends, and when I retired from the Air Force, he came here on his way uh, back to Africa uh, and spent a month with me uh, and my family. And That's awesome. That, that, that poem was really dedicated to him. His name, like I said, his name is Phil Cheney Coker. Uh, he was actually uh, from Sierra Leone, and he was he was in exile. He was living in exile. Think about all the people that were taught in the world, and I say taught because hate is not. We are not born understanding hate. It's something we're taught. Think about all the people we are taught to dislike or hate or mistrust, mm-hmm. you know, and how many of those people, especially in wars, I think about it a lot when you think about wars, two men going out in some stupid fucking field somewhere and shooting each other. Yeah. Because these guys are telling them they need to go do that because of this, you know, for a yeah. piece of land, you know, hold the ground, whatever. And so much respect to our soldiers, you know, not taking away from that, but the, the, the ironic thing is if you were to take those two men and set them down over a beer, they could have been friends. Yeah. You know, it makes me angry at politics. It makes me angry at this mentality that we have to hate each other because we're different. We don't. Yeah. No, we don't. And because someone says we have to hate each other because we're different, you know, we send our sons out there. You know, no matter what battlefield is, whether it's the streets of New York, whether it's, you know, over in Iraq, whether it's, you know, no matter what the conflicts were. Right. We send our our children out there to shoot each other when they could have been friends. I just think we need we need to be better people. We need to be better. Yeah, we we need to be better. And, 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 you know. Now, we, we're, we're, you know, I mean, this this may sound, I don't know, we're more alike than we are different. You know? mm-hmm. We need to recognize that and realize that. You know, you know who profits? I always, I always ask myself, it's cause and effect chain of events. And I always ask myself, who profits from our hate? We don't. Yeah. We pay the price. So if we're paying the price, that means that price is getting paid somewhere. Who's getting paid that price for our hate? Who's profiting from our hate? Yeah. Because somebody is. Yeah, somebody and is. people would look at it from that perspective and understand who is profiting mm-hmm. from the hate. Be so stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, there, there are so many incidents, incidents like that in my life that you know that I I just reflect on and and draw on sometimes. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I I remember when I when I was in Japan. You know, um, just some some of the things that, um, that that happened there that it was just you know just because we didn't understand or know each other. You know what I mean? And once we got yep. to know each other, I mean, like, like, wow, it was just like, hey, you know, we can have a beer together, you know, you know. I don't, exactly. I don't, I don't have to. I don't have to be able 
I don't have to be able to speak Japanese to understand that that it was human, you know, to understand mm-hmm. how humanity towards one another. You know, you don't have to be able to speak English to understand my humanity towards you. You know what I'm, what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Expression is universal. Yeah. Expressions are universal. Very powerful piece, my dear. Are you going to read two tonight or just the one? Uh, I, I got one. I got another one. It, it's, it's kind of on a lighter okay. note. I don't think I've ever <laughs> okay. read this one. Uh, it's in my second book called Closely Can You See. It's entitled A Soul Food Poem. Collard greens and black eyed peas with some hot sauce, please. Deep fried okra and crackling bread make me feel like I've been fed. Grits of gravy made from scratch. A couple of biscuits from the batch. Hot syrup and butter for my bread. Come on now. Make me feel like I've been fed. Pickled pick feet, oxtail stew. And gumbo with some rice would do. Stewed tomatoes, ripe and red. Come on now. Make me feel like I've been fed. Well, I guess y'all can tell my mood. All I do is think of food. I don't want no little treat. I just want to eat, eat. Don't go nowhere. I'll be right back. I'm just going to get a snack. Because each night before I go to bed, I've got to feel like I've been fed. And cool. I love that. You know, this the show comes on. I'm on the West Coast. So the show comes on, and I'm on the air from 5 to 8, which is right, uh-huh. you know, that's right around when you're just. So by the time I get off the show, I am so hungry. Uh-huh. And you you had me you had me at grits and gravy. Let me tell you what. There's very few things in life that I like more than grits. I love grits. Yeah. I love them. Uh-huh. Sometimes I put like cheese on top of them and salt and pepper and butter. Or you know I don't yeah. like sweet grits. But you know oh yummy. Now I'm so hungry. Yeah. You know food <laughs> is universal too. Yes it is. I mean, think about our differences, our differences, right? What would the world be like only had McDonald's? You know, all the different cultures and different places and people and and things, you know, think about the beautiful, beautiful array of amazing foods in this world. Why can't people look at people like we look at food? Not that we should go around eating each other, but you know what I'm saying, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't we see each other as amazing as we see cuisine? Yeah. And, you know, that's another thing. You know, I I really, you know, I spent eight and a half years in Japan. I got to, I, I love Japanese food. And I, mm-hmm. you know, going to a Japanese restaurant, you know, was like, it was, it was just awesome. All right, my darling. By the way, thank you so much for my cheesecake last week. Don't think that went unnoticed. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I did I did see that. I got my cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, you, you did good. Tell everyone how to find you, baby. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Melvin D. Johnson. And you can also find me on YouTube um, under the same name. Awesome. Hang on a second. I'm going to bring our next caller on. Mama, are you with me? Yes, I am. So I know that you're a fan. 
So just wanted to know if you wanted to share anything before we let him go. Well, I, Melvin Johnson, I mm-hmm. was just yeah. thinking I, I want to make sure that um, Nyla hooks us up because you know, he took me right there to Paul Lawrence Dunbar with that food. That I, and I have a I have a
when I was about three years old, my, my, my aunt, my mother's younger sister, used to babysit me, and she used to read Paul Long's Dumbbody to me. And, uh, right. She, she would wake me up sometimes with his one poem. Instead of Liza, Liza, praise the Lord, she would say, Melvin, Melvin, yes. praise the Lord. You know, I was about Don't three years old, three or four brought, years old. Don't you know the day is brought? Yes. If you don't yeah, get so there's a lot of your work in there, and you can also yep. post some of your favorite poems done by poems, and then you can tell your story, like you know about how your family, you know, affiliated you with Paul. You know, so it's just a nice little uh, kind of semi-private group for people that love Paul and want to share his okay. work. And, uh, okay, that's yeah. all so about Paul. No, more about Paul. Oh, oh more about Paul. Okay, yeah. more about Paul. Okay. Anyway, anyway, so I'm going to do my, my piece here, and it's called Insatiable. And uh, just like the guy that came on before, uh, Melvin, um, it just came up on Facebook. So I think I, I said, well, I better grab this before it disappears. And the name of it is called Insatiable. This haunting feeling is like a long winter never ending, longing for the spring, a yearning buried deep within me. I cannot stand these degrees of separation. And when I finally meet you again, I devour you. I cannot get enough. Never satisfied am I. I cannot explain my behavior. It borders on lunacy. Even when I'm full of you, I can never get enough of that honey do do whatever you want with me till the last sip consumes you like a ravenous bear should I feel ashamed to ask you to make love to me again begging you to bring me those lips bring me those buns bring me your honey muffins even bring me the agony, because I'm still hungry. hungry. Bring me your arms, your legs, your smile. Bring me the whole package, so complete. So why, when I am satisfied, do I still maintain this longing, this haunting feeling, this impending doom? It's too good to be true. And then my desires become insatiable, and it seems like I can't get enough of you. Then when summer ends, I must say goodbye. That is when the haunting begins. Uncertain if I shall see you again. So I sip up every sip. And I save my memories of this loving relationship. And I store away thoughts of you. I then hibernate, living off the memories of love until I see you in the spring, in peace, insatiable. Mama Oladeji, Vicky Aswa on Facebook. Melvin? 
Yes. You want to comment? Awesome. That was awesome. I, yeah, I didn't know it was still still on. That was that was great. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And uh, yes, I'm looking exactly. for that website. As Vicky Aqua on Facebook, V I C K I A C Q U A H, and that was um, more about Paul. Um, Nyla will send it to you. She'll send you my my information if you can't find it. I I just but sent anyway, you Melvin's. You if you look at your page, that little pings you're hearing right now. I just sent you the information. Okay. okay. So you guys can. I'll get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Thank you. I yes. love it because some by the times. Um, you know, I'm looking for poets that love Paul, and sometimes we just do like little intimate things with, um, you know, little ciphers and stuff like that. So it'd be a lot of fun. Did so, you see what I sent you, Mama? Mama? Yeah, I see it. I didn't see go to it, but I see where I can get it after I, I hang up the o- phone. I can open, get to it. open it, and open it, and look at it. Wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. Look at it. She just. Oh. Um, is it on Facebook? No, it's in your picture, your messenger. Okay. I can't I can't do the messenger right now because I'm on the phone and I don't have um yeah, I can look at it. I can look at it on Facebook, but I can't look at it unless it's Facebook on your messenger. phone. It's yeah, Facebook Messenger. Yeah, I sent it to you on Facebook Messenger, so it's in your Facebook okay. messages, so you can see it later, okay. I guess. Okay. No, I'm going to Facebook Messenger because I'm on the the one that you were saying. Um, the big, the big, gigantic. <laughs> um, here we go. Okay, it's hard. It's hard to be maneuver. Here we go. That's Facebook. And I go to Facebook Messenger. Okay, Nyla. So that was a poem about um, when you go and only see your boyfriend in the summer when school is out because you know your, mm-hmm. your family sends you on vacation. Like you leave your hometown and that's where your boyfriend is on the vacation spot. So you only see him in the summer and winter. You got to go back home. Okay, I see it. Nyla sent a link. Okay, let me see what this is. Okay, I see the link. Oh, I see the. Okay. <laughs> Do you understand now? Oh my goodness! Yeah. Do you understand now? Do you understand? <laughs> yeah, so explain to Melvin what you're looking at right now. Tell him what you're I'm looking, looking at. at uh, I'm looking at a beatnik with his fist up, with his pretty beautiful glowy skin, like he's a boxer, but you can tell he's a lover, um, and a big pretty smile. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow, that is too cute. Thank you. Yeah, so this is Melvin. Melvin is my big crush. Yeah. Actually, did box for thirteen years. You used to box. Thirteen years, I was a boxer. Yeah. Okay. Well. You show, you showing you um well back then you know poets wore those beatnik hats so you got the hey Baba Rebop hat on. <laughs> <laughs> I sent I sent you four pictures. I sent the one of him 
by the by the uh there's one of him by the bus it's really cute i think i'm assuming it's a bus there's another one of him laying on his cot i'm assuming he's in the army that should be in playboy or playgirl um there's the one you're looking at where he's got his hands up and then there's one of him with his son that is the most beautiful picture i've ever seen in my life okay i sent you those i sent you those (laughs) i think i think he's in the military here Yeah. 
Schlitz talking ship of fools. Yours was the falcon sharp voice honed by distance. The flame of your call cutting through the white lace of clouds, shaping wings into scissors. You've made an art of hunger, a hobby of hard work. All your efforts will be rewarded by a flawed world just begging for it. Over gunmetal escalators of footsteps, no God but in things. You errant knights of fortune glide on lean shining steeds of white and black sneakers. Between bouts of friendly fire, destruction the freedom you dreamed of. Nearly forgot how to turn your hands into the shape of a prayer. Seeing the manifold light of near planets and stars, never learning their names, just tin men scouring for something to fill your chests with wonder, scooping at rocks, fervently shaping them with clay, honing them into heirlooms of future awe. 